guys and girls, and welcome to episode 155 of the F Reality Podcast. It's time to list your kidney on eBay, as you'll definitely want the extra cash after you hear this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about Oculus halting sales of Oculus headsets in Germany. Mario Kart is coming to augmented reality in Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Nvidia launches a new line of graphics cards, which will be great for PC VR. We're going to be talking about all things Rec Room with our special guest, Sean Whiting. And finally, Zim has got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been the highlight of the week this week. And also let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, some say that since moving to Canada, this guy bathes in maple syrup every night to keep him sweet. It's Belgium's biggest export since the waffle. Of course, Rowdy VR. How you doing? Yeah, and after the fries, though, after the fries, you know, it's, I'm right in between those two delicious things from Belgium. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right in there. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had a, a very interesting week. Uh, I've uh, finally, finally, you know, started to get a hang of things here at work as well. So that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, it's, it's been. Um, Kind of like the journey, like, you know, to get to this point since like, uh, I think a lot of people underestimate, like, you know, when you need to start like a new, I would say it's, it's a lot of things you need to like finish up and close down before you can, you know, get to a new place and, and get everything up and running there again. But uh, I think everything now is kind of like coming together. So that's, that's a great, uh, great thing. Um, this week I've done two things besides working. Uh, I've been to Mount Real, uh, so that's the, the giant mountain that we have here in Montreal, which is, uh, I didn't know it was that big. It's it's like a, a huge park that we have here, uh, which is only like 15, 20 minutes for walking from here. So we've been up there um, and if, for the first time I've managed to see the scenery, you know, the, the entire view of the city from the top of, uh, well, not the top of the mountain, but uh, from a scenic viewpoint which was really amazing. And then the other thing that I've done this week uh, is something that I've mentioned previously uh, as well, uh, is that I finished the, the Netflix series called High Score. And the reason why I want to bring it up again is because in the final episode, uh, uh, who do we see there? Do, do you know, Mike? You, you saw it as well, right? I can't remember. Oh, I know. Enlighten I know. me. Go, go ahead, Nathy. John Carmack. Exactly. It's John uh, Carmack, who, uh, nice. who is actually, I mean, he's not himself talking. It's actually his, his compadron, uh, who, who together they, they founded uh, ID or IT Software. Um, and it's, it's very interesting to see how, I, like, when I was watching that, I was thinking like, oh, it's kind of cool that, you know, it, it's kind of come full circle. Because Carmack's ID back then was to like, they, they were focusing on PC instead of console, basically. Since they, they wanted to bring the PC market, uh, it basically started the entire PC market. And now it's kind of turning around again with Carmack working on mobile VR, you know, drawing away from the, from the, from the PC VR scene. I thought that was just a, an interesting thing. But if people haven't watched it yet and you don't want to watch four or five or six episodes of High Score, definitely watch the latest one because I, I think it's. I think it's like a little bit of an of an homage to like you know the, the work that Carmack has been doing, and you kind of understand why he's such a big deal in the VR industry as well. Um, it's it's very it's a very high recommendation for me that specifically yeah. that last episode. It's it's it's, uh, it's crazy where they talk about finding a name for what we now call like deathmatch. <laughs> It's like, mm, oh, yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I never thought about it that someone, of course, came up with that name or the fact that we can now play together, like Fall Guys. Uh, for example, it's a game that, you know, thanks to Carmack and his friends, we can play that with, with other people now. It's, it's uh, insane. Yeah. yeah. 
they they've done so many amazing technologies uh, that all like came from that certain era uh, and uh, in that way i think it's it's really cool to see this kind of unfold in a, in in this uh, doku series um so yeah definitely a high recommendation for me yeah and we've only got a couple more weeks to wait and we'll be seeing him live delivering his talk which is normally a, a really amazing highlight of uh, oculus connect or now facebook exactly. connect exactly and that's what makes me wonder, like, are we going to, like, in a couple of years from now, going to see, like, you know, docu-series about this kind of stuff? That'd be I'm awesome, sure. right? I'm sure. I'm sure they will be. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, solid recommendation. Go check it out on Netflix. Uh, next up, if you've got a mouse problem, don't worry. This guy uh, and his pet Falcon will uh, come and sort you out. VR streamer and expert Falconeer, Simtok5. <laughs> How are you? I like them birds, Mike. I like them birds. I'm good. Good. Um it's been a, uh, like Rowdy, <laughs> a work-filled week, but hey, it's my weekend now, and this is, uh, I call this my weekend, because uh, I'm, I'm gearing up for racing, so we usually uh, do some racing on the Saturday night to kind of warm things up, get your gear sorted, and then tomorrow we actually race for four hours or something, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, my highlight of the week is going to be something I can't talk about very much, so I'm going to do a bit of a split on this, and... Uh, actually gives gives something that I, I didn't mention last week and I, I, I wanted to. So the thing I can't talk about much isn't because it's under, like, NDA. It's because it's a, a Room Escape game. So I'll mention it and I'll give it my thumbs up, which is uh, The Room, A Dark Matter. I think that it was... It, it's probably one of the best kind of well-rounded and paced Room Escape games uh, for yeah. a single player that I've played recently. It's It's very nice... It expands and it blossoms like room to room in complexity, puzzle detail, but it's not unfair. It's not like playing abduction. If anyone's played abduction where you've got, I need this number from halfway across the map and put it into that device and know some trivia from the 1980s. It's not like that at all. It's very fair. And it's even got a nice little hint system uh, built into it, Mm. which doesn't make you feel like a a dumbass (laughs) for, for using it if you need to. I had to use it once. Uh, but absolutely exquisite. So I do recommend if anyone wants to play that. I'm playing it on PC, but it's there available on Quest as well. So A Room a Dark Matter is very interesting. Uh, but the thing I wanted to highlight, um, and the reason I'm bringing this up, given we've got Sean on the show, is actually a couple of rooms in Rec Room, which have really helped to um, break the kind of quarantine era up for me and my kids. It's something. It's a great game that me and my kids can play. But I, after we had done the devouring together, which was in VR chat, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I really need to go look because I'm really into indie stuff. And I, I really need to go look at like the add on community content and see what's there. Um, so I went through and I couldn't find the, the video weekly highlight again, but I was able to track down at least a couple of the names of the things that I played and got so infatuated with. Uh, the first one was called Karna Island, uh, which is like an, a first person board game, which is the most bizarre thing you really can only do this in vr or maybe a japanese game show but you are the playing piece and you curve up this island and in between your turn to determine who's going to go first and stuff you have to play these mini games like be the person with the zombie hand and, and grab the other players you're playing with absolutely fantastic so like karna island is one that i, I think is great for if you've got a couple of friends and you just want to have fun it's really kind of relaxed but great little mini games and stuff to it this is a rec room room it's, yeah, it's Rec Room. Okay. Yeah. Dude, yeah. see, this is the thing. I can't keep up with all these things anymore. There's like every day in our Slack, we're like, 
have you guys checked out these 10 rooms? And everyone's like, listen, we're not going to get work done if we keep like checking out all these rooms. So. Well, I hope you're going to be able to tell me the one that I, I don't have the name for. Uh, the other two that I was thinking of was a really simple thing. Like if you're a parent, one of the things you end up learning is the benefit of a soft play. So it means you can dump your kids into a room with a bunch of foam and balls and stuff. You can have a coffee or whatever, and they can go crazy for half an hour, an hour and burn out all their energy. So there is one called Party Room which is basically that in VR with a couple of special things. Like you can grab a bunch of balloons and fly up. And me and the kids were absolutely having a blast at that. And having not been to one of those since this whole crazy 2020 kicked off, uh, that's something that I have to recommend to kind of other parents and stuff. And then the third one, which I don't have a name for, was I didn't even think this was possible. An incredibly intricate like zoo slash boat journey ride. That was done oh, yeah. where where the boat is actually moving. It looks like an Indiana Jones setup. It's super intricate. You, it's awesome. And then you go on this ride where you see like animals like whatever, a hippo in the water, monkeys hanging out. It's like going to the zoo, but in VR and with a party of people like on moonlight. It's beautiful. And I didn't think that you could do something that engaging in Rec Room. So I don't know the name. I was hunting for the name and maybe it, it Sean, sounds, you know it. But. It sounds Amazing. like the Jungle Cruise from Disney Lad for some It is. It yeah. is. That's oh, what it it's is. based on. It is. What's oh, that wow. called? It's the Lost something or what is that called? It, uh, the the, the lost chat? monkey monkey treasure i'm looking yeah. for it now i think that won one of our creator contests so yeah it was like... recently as well so i was i was scraping through the videos because like i gotta get the name for this maybe someone in chat will have run it but again those mm. are the three things that i would recommend so kana island um the party room which is just like a soft play in vr and then this this river boat tour was just incredible i hope we can find the name or someone in chat can pull it up I'm and looking, i'll, I'll yeah. call it out for the audio listeners but yeah rec room has been a great uh, way to kind of socialize when we otherwise can't so. i think it's called lost river delta is that right something like it. that okay yeah lost river delta possibly there you go but nice. that, that was it nice. for my week yeah it is Good recommendation lost, lost river delta for mm. all the rec room people that want to check this room out it's really cool thank you Sean. There you go go it check is. it out go check it out uh next this next guy is one of the lesser known marvel avengers keeping the freeze land safe Nathy the Netherlander. How are you? <laughs> the heck? The That's my new superhero name for you. Nathy the Netherlander. So what would, what would be my uh, superpowers? You know, they need to be Dutch or Frisian. You, uh, you look at you something blind, and turn it into cheese. You blind people with your bleach blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> okay. That seems legit. And, and, and yeah. what would my house be? Where would I live in as a hero? Uh, somewhere water-based, I think. A windmill, of course. Oh, a windmill, windmill, of course. Yeah, genius. Course. Yeah. yeah. And and in my free time, I would smoke some grass. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'd watch. It's like, like typical Dutch. Um, but on um, your bike. On my bike. Yeah. Saving people. <laughs> Saving people. Wow, this is like I I don't know if we have any Dutch superheroes. Um, in the new Wonder Woman movie, there is a Frisian, uh, you know, uh, model who's like one of the Amazonians. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like a superhero in a way. You are scaring um, me guys. You would just put the idea in my head. We could have at some stage F, F reality action figures in a little, <laughs> a little I, I was, I was just thinking, I was just thinking that Nathy was going to suggest he should be an Amazonian. And I was like, wow, Nathy, wow. Uh, taking one for the team. I, I, I would love to visit that Island sometimes though. Um, what? but anyway, anyways, <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyways, anyways, TMI, uh, Nathy, well, <laughs> now, now, now the real Nathy, uh, you know, started Nathy speaking exposed. Nathy yeah. exposed, bam. 
No, but uh, um, yeah. So thanks, Mike, for the beautiful name. Really appreciate it. I thought, like, it sounds like you thought about this for hours. I uh, did. Always, always, <laughs> like you know, hours ponder these intros. Oh, so, so, so my my intro always takes the longest because I am the you know. Yeah. Of course. To be fair, like the Netherlander was kind of a spin-off Homelander because I've been watching oh, the boys dude. season two. So that's Such kind of where it came show. from. I, I forgot that's out. Jesus, you I need see. to watch that. So that's, good. Oh. So good. So uh, my highlight was actually the same as Rowdy, but uh, he surprised me. So uh, I'll, I'll just swing it towards uh, Falcon Age on Quest because I, I do think that's that's worth highlighting since it's 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 a hidden gem. I feel like on every on every store, uh, it's now out on the Quest. It's basically a game in where you um, go on an adventure together with your pet Falcon, and along the way you um, you have to work together to. Um, destroy the enemy who has taken your planet uh, and, it, and it's pretty cool because what you can do is you cannot only let your falcon scan the area for you from above and tell you if there's any loot nearby or if there are any enemies that you should uh, look out for um, but you can also point towards things that are interesting and the bird will just help you so let's say there's a tree with apples in there you can just point towards it and then the bird grabs one of the apples and brings it to you and then you can uh, uh, put that apple into a pouch that you have. And inside that pouch, you have different ingredients that you can then cook for your bird and boost up its health, its defense, its speed, etc. So it, there's more to it than just, you know, uh, walking around and just having fun with your bird, but you can really boost it up. And you can also play with toys. So you have little skateboards or uh, soccer ball <laughs> that you give to your falcon, and then it does stuff with it. Wait, wait, wait! Um, we gotta man this up a second. We because you totally disappointed me in your in, in your segue there. You oh. can also kill little rabbits with your your dastard little, oh, little bird. Oh, you want to get into that? Gotta be the best part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Like so, when when you have because uh, you have rabbits like animals that you can use to uh, basically like craft snacks for your bird, um, and when you then hunt those animals, you can do that. Uh, well, you team up with your falcon, so your falcon could just hold something hostage, and then you can just. Uh, uh, like you know kill it together so it's really like it's a game where you have like a, a teamwork thing going on and that's something you don't see in that many titles where you have a sidekick in a way that is really cool to be playing with uh, of course you had like asgard's wrath in a way where you had a sidekick uh, a few others I, th I still think bioshock is the best sidekick ever if you're talking about one but uh um, it's it's an amazing game it's a good part it works really well um, I thought the start looked really rough I don't know why but most quest games look like they're in the mist and it's like uh, I can't even see where I'm going uh, but then when you get more and more into the game where there is actually some daylight and some sun then it starts looking way uh, way better but it's it's a great title um, I, I'm sure Zim like the, the only downside it really has is that it's very short and it's like four or five hours. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad you, you touched on the introduction because I think if this was like a Steam game, a lot of people would in the first like 15 minutes probably refund it because I think the beginning is probably the weakest part of the game. But like it's, a, it's, it's short in comparison to some other longer VR titles. But if you played a game like BOGO, which also has a pet that you feed bits to and you can kind of get attached to, this is like a, that but a story. So in that light, it's... You know, it's a bit longer than like the Bogo experience was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, the the start is 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 pretty uh, pretty.
pretty slow. But um, yeah, I can totally recommend. Uh, Mike was hinting uh, towards the fact that I also played Marvel Powers United. Again? On the quest. No, we <laughs> did. did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. But uh, like going, like playing it now, it's like it's so old school. Like the controllers were the CV1 controllers. Oh god. I couldn't find anyone to play with. But that was already a problem at the start, I feel like. Uh, I unlocked everything. I like Again, Like I, I found out how no life I was playing this game. Um, but, you know, I played the start, like the intro, where you meet all the characters. And, and it made me realize once again how cool it would be to have an Avengers title, right? I played Iron Man. I, I know what does it, that is like to have a full story. I just felt like, you know, Sensru Games and Oculus, they had like this great license. And this is what they made out of it. I was like, it's it's like a brawler, but I don't know. I, I would love wait, to what, what see them. you back to that, Nathan? I'm really curious. Like that, it's, that's it's, an old cabinet it's game. Very, it's, it's very simple. So um, as you may know, uh, Marvel's Avengers came out uh, this okay. week. So I'm uploading it because, you know, then people start watching mine too. So it's just, <laughs> it's just a YouTube trick that I'm yep. using. Um, but still, I never covered the intro. Of everything I covered, never covered the intro. And the intro and is it, actually it, the it, best part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty <laughs> interesting, good. the intro. Yeah. 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 So maybe not go back to Marvel no, Passion no, no, Island, no, no. but don't, you, you, don't would buy. Don't buy. you would no. recommend Falcon Age. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I also recommend you watching the video, though. It's a fun video. Oh, okay. <laughs> a bit of a plug there as well. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> next, we have our special guest this week. Uh, welcome to the show, Sean Whiting from thanks Rec Room. For having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. How sure. how have you been? And do you have any highlights that you want to share? Something you played recently? Uh, I've been good. Yeah, the weather in Seattle's been surprisingly nice recently. We've had some good, like sunny seventies, eighty degree days. So that's been really, you know, a uh, good change from the normal seattle weather can be kind of like gray overcast and whatever so my mood's in a little better state than it normally is um and then what have i been doing recently i started playing i got i don't know why but i got nostalgic and i started playing longbow again the um you know the the valve experience what do they call it the lab so i've been going oh yeah the lab oh that's amazing getting like competitive with myself on longbow because it like it really works your arms man it's like a 15 20 minute workout at a time and then you're like i can do better and then you've done like an hour and a half and you're sweating and like you wake up and your arm (laughs) is so sore the next day and it's like a decent workout right like Mm -hmm. um so i've been enjoying that um what else do you generally play on the valve index or do you know you use other headsets yeah no i got a yeah i got an index and it's just god damn it's amazing it's such a good mm. headset like you know so you're nice. playing it what is it 144 hertz i think mm-hmm. i might have it yeah at. um so it's just yeah especially stuff like um beat saber or pistol whip or something mm. it's just yeah the clarity and i don't know if it's actually a higher field of view but it feels like i'm seeing more like i feel more immersed and that could be the the frame rate of the hertz or whatever but yeah, I, yeah, it's I definitely mean, got a slightly wider field of view than the other headsets. But I think it's the comfort uh, for me is is the biggest draw to the the index. It's just so yeah. comfortable to wear. I love it. It is. Yeah, I I went to Valve to play Half Life Alex when they were doing the testing, and I was in that headset for like ten hours a day for three days straight, 
and it never nice. really bothered me that much like nice that's a how does, how does something like that come about like you know obviously we'll talk about a lot of stuff later on but yeah. maybe you can just talk briefly about like how does like a an invite from valve to play half-life alex before anyone else gets to play it how does that come about it's just a friend that i knew over there and they were like okay. hey we need testers you want to do it and i was i was honestly like no like i don't want to go over there for three hours like for three full he was like it's three full days and i was like man this sounds like a slog but i have a friend in town who's a huge half-life fan and he was like you can bring a friend and i was like fuck i gotta do it for my buddy <laughs> so me and my buddy go over there and he's like ecstatic right he's like oh my god i'm in valve and like we both grew up playing like you know team fortress classic the early counter-strike so it was cool for me too you know we're obviously like taking photos with all the like statues and like there's there's a golden crowbar in the lobby and it's just like all this cool stuff all over the wall so i was happy once i got there i was like it's probably a good idea but initially when it's like hey do you want to be in a vr headset for 10 to 12 hours a day for three days straight i'm kind of like god damn i don't know again um, but it was That's worth awesome, it though. I'm yeah. glad I did it. It was especially it was what what an epic friend you are to this other guy. You know, like <laughs> yeah. being a huge fan, and you're like, we're going to Valve, and we're going to play an unreleased Half-Life game in VR. He, I can just for imagine him straight. like losing his mind for three days. Yeah, that's the yeah, best for three part. days. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. How far is uh, the Valve office away from you then? Because obviously you live in Seattle. Not, it was like a ten minute Uber. It's just wow. across Amazing. the uh, lake wow. in uh, yeah Bellevue. And did you get to meet Gabe or not? Uh, yeah, he was. He greeted us. He was spinning his knives around, and then he threw one into a wall right by my head, and then he kind of laughed. We shook hands. <laughs> let, let, let's keep yeah. that as if it was true, because that, that is an amazing story. Yeah. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well, great highlights, dude. Great highlights. Thank so you. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike, uh, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. But before I get into what I played this week, let's read out what the chat have been up to. Yeah, so we have uh, a Mr. Lemon Lime VR who played Pistol Whip. And uh, we have Vapster who has been diving into Burning Man in Alt Space. Has anyone. Mm -hmm. uh... I wanted, I wanted to, but uh, when I tried, there was there was some kind of a website you had to register on, and I was just like, ah, it's too much effort. No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I want to do it. I want to do it. What, is and, this an official Burning Man thing, or is this like yeah. their version of Burning Man, or what? Special, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, really? Kate was talking about it uh, when he was on a couple weeks ago. So there, there's like there's like a hundred different little micro camps. It's it's crazy uh, what they've done. I um, saw Aaron Limke post a thing. The Wave guy, he did like did a set in there i guess it was and yeah i saw a yeah, video of that i didn't I know what catch. app it was i wanted to catch the wave bit which i think was on last night or the night before or something and uh yeah, yeah again there were registration bits and i was like ah. mm. it, no it, it looks it looks it impressive looks and and uh, the world itself is quite big for alt space standards yeah. uh and i heard that diplo is gonna uh, do some some music there as well so that nice. that's that's big um yeah uh, then we have dave the psycho who had a fun week uh, he finished uh, both uh, Trover and Phantom. He played uh, Pokemon VR and also Cookout plus Falcon Age. Wow, that's a lot. Played everything. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's a lot. Wait, Pokemon <laughs> VR where, is that a side quest then? Yeah, that's a that? side it quest. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he can still type this out that he still has eyeballs. You know, it's uh, it's a miracle. He's doing well. Uh, then we He's have been Max. doing it 144 hertz. Oh, hey, that's, that's it. Fun. That explains everything. Um, then we have Max Fernandez who started making a map in Horizon and he played a lot of Half-Life Alex. Um, last but not least, Dark uh, Angel uh, has been uh, playing Pistol Whip, Hyperdash, Puzzling Places and a few paintball rounds in 
in John. Oh, rec room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was tuned out for a second. <laughs> I heard painful. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, gotcha. Uh, based on your shirt, though, it says like 1987. Is that when rec room came out? Or yeah, that's that's kind of in our. Uh in our lore the the number 87 will appear a lot so a lot of the stuff oh. that we thought of initially was like kind of set in the 80s yeah for the, for the oh, that's awesome okay nice. i'm sorry viewers his his camera is cropped so you can't see his t-shirt would you stand for a shot <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. There That's we it. go. 1987 alumni. Looks Rec great. room alumni. Awesome t-shirt. <laughs> and Mike, you were right. Hyperdash. I got to play that this week and absolutely solid. Yeah. Yeah. Riding that on is those rails feels like Jet Set Radio and it's just badass as hell. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Com combined with a competitive shooter, like such an awesome little combo. Uh -huh. Can't wait for that game to get an official release. Hopefully we hear about that soon. What, Jet Set Radio? Um, yeah, that would be nice. No, Hyperdash. <laughs> also, yeah. Um, but the game I want to highlight, uh, I didn't play it this week, uh, but it released this week on Quest, and that is Cookout, A Sandwich Tale. Uh, Nathan and I played this together with Gamertag VR and the developers, uh, Resolution Games. Uh, if you don't know who they are, they previously made Narrows, which I know Zim was a big fan of. Uh, they also made Bait, which Rowdy's dad was a big fan of. <laughs> uh, they made Angry Birds, Isle of Pigs, which Nathan was... No, no. I'm just um, and... They also made uh, Akron Attack of the Squirrels, which was a, a lot of fun sort of family game that people can play on VR and mobiles. Um, but this new game, Cookout, uh, the premise is super simple. Uh, you work solo or together with up to four friends in a kitchen and you serve up sandwiches to a host of like hungry creatures from like a kind of fairy tale forest. Um, you all have like a kind of a workstation with a chopping board and a refrigerator with ingredients in and you've all got different ingredients. So, you know, when a, a little hungry critter comes up and wants a sandwich, it kind of lists the ingredients that are required and you all have to communicate and work together to make this sandwich. Um, and we, we had a lot of fun with it. We, you know, we were laughing a lot. We were messing around. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of one of those games that looks really easy and kind of casual but it does ramp up quite quickly in terms of difficulty and i think there's like 50 odd levels that you can play through um and then later on they start layering on more mechanics so you've got like weirder ingredients uh that are difficult to name you've got like a grill you've got to wash the dishes as well and you've got potions that you have to manage so it does ramp up so don't think it's like super super casual um it has got some difficulty to it at the end um but I think what the the most interesting thing I found about this game was that when the animals come up, the different animals have different requirements. So if it's a cat, for example, then they're really fussy about what they'll eat, and they'll only eat it if it's stacked in the correct order and completely straight. Mm -hmm. Whereas other animals, like mice, for example, they don't care if it's like stacked completely wrong and like all over the plate. And then you've got like um, raccoons who will steal ingredients as you're making the sandwiches if you're not quick enough. Or like rabbits who have a timer and you have to like feed them really quick before the timer runs out. Otherwise, they'll just leave. Um, so it's got a lot of like different things going on in the game. And overall, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it is more aimed at the casual market, of course. I don't, I don't think this is going to appeal to like the hardcore VR gamer out there. <laughs> but I think, you know, if you're a family person that plays, you know, with their, their kids in VR, you know, like Zim, then uh, maybe, you know, you'll enjoy this one. So certainly a lot of clean, casual fun. Uh, that's what I would say it is. So that is Cookout. It's, uh, available it's, on the Oculus Quest. It's way more um, arcadey and kind of chaotic, crazy than I was expecting it to be. I expected it to be a little bit more sim, but like the fact that you you know set, you have to center your sandwich and you have to get the toppings right, 
but that it's collaborative around a, a, a table and that kind of lazy Susan goes around or whatever. Like I wasn't yeah. expecting some of those things and it, it sets itself quite distanced from things like VR the Diner Duo where you're making slices of things with a knife and it's a little bit more sim than mm-hmm. than this is. But it's definitely got that overcooked vibe of like throwing 20 configuration elements at you all at one go. I mean, those werewolves, holy shit, man. Yeah. Those are nasty. Yeah, it's Be surprising. It's surprising because we haven't seen many, like, let's say, big studios jump onto, like, food games. Uh, yeah. Like, the Diner Duo is a great one, but it's from a small indie dev. Um, so it's, I think it's, it's hard, like, uh, what Danny said last week, I think it's hard to turn a profit uh, into such a niche market. Uh, since, again, like, how many people are, you know, waiting for the next food game in virtual reality <laughs> compared to the next virtual reality shooter. You know what I mean? It's well, got its whole subreddit. The rec room guy is laughing, but every time I'm in rec room, my kids want to pull me to the pizza counter to buy pizza and stuff. And I'm like, save your money so you can buy that dress you want so you can look like daddy. But, you know, yeah. they want to buy pizza and donuts. So Yeah, yeah the consumables do really well. Um, yeah, the... We, what do we have? Donuts, root beer... Uh, pizzas. We're actually adding a new one soon that I don't think I'm allowed to say yet, but it's really oh, cool. reality scoop here. Uh, and we have what do we have? We have the, the bubbly kind of like a, a fizzy drink that you pop the cork off, and then a bunch mm. of uh, yeah, it's like a bunch of uh, glasses spawn with like the ice thing. It's really cool. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, people nice. people love the consumables. Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. That is uh, Cookout on Quest available now. Uh, if you want to go and check it out, it's fun for all the family to try out. Plus, without the mess. Without the mess. You don't have to clean up afterwards. <laughs> Extra bonus there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's so jump hungry. into the news then, as we've got some interesting news topics to talk about today. First bit of news is pretty interesting, and that is from Oculus. And that is because they've halted sales of Oculus products in Germany. Now, this news came from a German website called Mixed. And in a statement to them, Oculus said... We've we've temporarily paused the sale of Oculus hardware to consumers in Germany due to pending discussions with the regulator. We hope to resume sales again in the future. We know this is an inconvenience and we are actively working with German authorities to educate regulators on our practices and to ensure our products comply with local laws. This is a temporary pause and we hope to resume sales again in the future. So did you guys hear about this one, this bit of news? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of when I spoke about, you know, Europe and, and their like take on the whole Facebook only account thing. Yeah. Mm. This is kind of like the first sign from Europe where it's like, mm, we're not so into what you're doing. Exactly. I don't, I don't know if it's specifically to do with the Facebook account or maybe, I mean, Sim can probably comment a little bit on that because he's a little bit more into that kind of field uh, uh, in terms of law and regulation. But could it have to do as well with the the kind of like monopoly position that Oculus is having and the way that... It's no, not, it's not, not, I think it's not specific to Oculus. I think this is standard kind of EU regulatory landscape that, to be honest, it looks like Facebook maybe thought, ah, we might get away with it. And if we, if, at worst case, we're going to take a risk-based approach and we can pause or shut down sales if we have to. Um, but like we saw this a couple of years ago, it might even be 10 years ago now when Windows used to ship with its operating system Internet Explorer and was kind of dominating that market space because they had that. And they forced them to give basically that as an option uh, in modern day Windows. And that was a fight that Microsoft fought tooth and nail against. And I think you're going to see the same thing here. 
not just from Germany yeah. necessarily, but potentially other markets as they get a whiff of what Facebook's intentions are with this login. Mm. So, so, so it has to do with the operating system and the and the uh, and the Facebook account then. It, so the way I would describe it, Rowdy, is um, I think you're, you are on the money when it comes to kind of anti-monopoly, but it's rather you need to give consumer the consumer the choice. They they mm-hmm. really don't like in the regulatory landscape in Europe the consumer to be forced to use a particular thing, especially if that choice is being yeah. taken away. They often block it, blockade it with mm. with regulatory mm. uh, paperwork. What what they're saying here is because um, they also spoke to uh, another news outlet called Heiss. Um, well, th- there was an, a German outlet called Heist that reached out to um, the uh, German? the German like authorities. Heist. It sounds Heist. awesome, Heist. Um, Heist. And they actually reached out to the Hamburg Commissioner for Data Protection and Freedom of Information. Hamburger Commissioner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that job, um, please? Please. And they they seem to think that it is into, it, it is all about the Facebook account requirement. That's what they think anyway. Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, we talked about it on the show before, Oculus uh, headsets in the future will require a Facebook account. And this is what the um, the Commissioner of Data Protection and Freedom of Information replied with. He said, uh, the obligation to create a Facebook account is legally extremely questionable, at least for those who have already bought a headset. Whether this also applies to new customers is a matter of debate. That should largely depend on the design of the contract, which we do not have. So that's kind of an interesting response from him. He's saying, you know, if you've already bought a headset and you bought into the Oculus ID ecosystem that, you know, maybe this kind of force change isn't legal from their perspective. Like, I don't really know where they stand on this or or how true that actually is, but it's certainly an interesting response from them. And I think, you know, although I'm sure it will get resolved, um, can you imagine just if if Germany were like, no, you, you can't do this, you can't sell this headset in this region anymore, then, or that went across it. the EU, that would be... Really, that's, really bad. For that's Oculus. the part that I think find most interesting about this news article is like if it spreads because Germany's mm. great. They're very litigious. Like they go to the letter of the law every time. I love Germans for this, you know, and and you just get this ripple effect of let's follow and and tack on. So that's I think Facebook's biggest challenger is if that landscape starts to change for them in a real negative way, they could be forced yeah. into a position where they need to pull back. And I think the key thing to highlight here is that Oculus did this um, themselves, that they actually pulled the products. It wasn't from any like force uh, from from the regula- regulatory yeah, authorities right now. Unless they were allowed to now. sell for a fine, of course. That's Maybe, not, who knows? Um, that's not, but like, of course, that's what not we're usually right how it rolls, Mike, though. Like, usually the way it works is the regulator will wag their finger at you and say, you got to pull it off or, or stop and production. And then they do we're it. Gonna, we're yeah. going to stop your business. Yeah. You don't stop producing products, you know, in the eye of the public of your own accord generally. And, I, mm. and Facebook is not known to be doing things proactively mm. in that way. So yeah, but, I would suspect mm. they had a finger wag at them behind closed doors. I have, I have a feeling we're going to see more countries uh, look into this. I think mine as well, like Netherlands, is very serious about this stuff. Same with the microtransactions. They're like forbidden here now. You can't gamble in video games. Uh, it's not possible yeah. uh, because it's they don't want kids to, you know. So I think this is going to be interesting to uh, That's, on our that's side. right. They banned uh, loot boxes. In yeah, your, and in it, Belgium as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, and, and otherwise, you pay a fine every month uh that's also possible oh yeah <laughs> ouch um, <laughs> yeah. 
So they also, Oculus also um, did a little update. They said that, you know, if you're already an Oculus device owner and you happen to live in Germany, you can continue to use it um, and they'll still be offering access to the Oculus store for existing account holders. It's just new customers. Um, but of course, we're on the verge of a new product release anyway, mm. potentially. So, you know, whether this will hurt them long term, who actually knows? And hopefully from their point of view, they'll get this resolved before this new headset uh, is announced or released. The funny effect of something like this, just like with back in the day, banned books. Uh, you know, recently I heard from my wife that in South Africa, they banned alcohol and cigarettes, you know, and the thing is people tend to go, although it's awkward, it tends to kind of elevate it to some extent. It's like, ooh, it's the thing I can't have. And so they'll mm. import it into... I don't know, France and get it across the border that way. You know what I mean? Like it, it does sometimes have the opposite effect. Like like they proved that that was the case with, I think, cigarettes and the pictures on the horrific pictures on the boxes that we have here in the, the EU. Um, mm. I say here in the EU, but I'm going to have a tear roll down my <laughs> cheek right there. See, it's <laughs> so in the UK. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to I, see, I, you know, like if, if they've got yeah. enough power to, to, to change things, like if they'll actually change the policy, but I highly doubt it at it's, this point. It's only, it's only when entire Europe would say, listen, this, we don't want this, but if it's only Germany, they're going to be like, okay, well, it's your problem. <laughs> The thing that I'm wondering, the thing that I'm wondering is like, how how would they go around? Because I I don't think they're gonna just leave it at this. Like, could they argue, for example, that for example, uh, a Facebook account is only required for Oculus games, and that you can still use it on the Steam Store? But I think you could probably that, do that. Like, I think you could probably thing, do right? that anyway with the headset. I, you know, I think you could probably do that anyway with the headset. It's only going to be like mm-hmm. online functionality, pretty much that they said but, that but you'll need a Facebook saying, account for in the future. But if you're saying it's it's a, regu- a regulatory affair and it's the requirement to have a Facebook account, the, the requirement for the Facebook account is only to use your Oculus account, right? You don't need to have a Facebook account in order to activate it on the Steam Store. So I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that. You know, it's good or bad, but I'm just wondering if that is the counter argument that they're going to make. Oh, but you don't need the Facebook account. You only need the Facebook account in order to access our store. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm wondering if that is the route that they're going to take. Would, actually, would that, this would is that spawning, have sense? This is spawning a question in my mind uh, for Sean, uh, mm-hmm. which is I assume that once you're part of a platform like Rec Room being on uh, available, you know, on Oculus Home, that you kind of are shielded from the... Uh, regulatory landscape of entering a country. In other words, you don't have to worry about rolling out rec room into Australia and what laws that they have to comply with. Is that right? Or have you come across any any landscape which is kind of really weird and specific to a country? Like you had to change something, couldn't have a, I don't know, a cleaver because, you know, China doesn't like cleavers. And, uh, yeah. How does that, how does that I, we've, I've never known us to have to deal with it for Oculus stuff, for... Uh, Sony, we've definitely, on PS4, we've definitely rolled out into different regions and there's been different requirements. Sony is, um, they're just kind of a monster of an organization and it's like, hey, what what are the requirements for this? And they're like, oh no, you need to talk to Sony Europe who will route you into like Sony Asia and you'll then like, and their documentation's all over the place. So Sony, we've dealt with that. Um, I can't think that we've really had to deal with it for like Steam or Oculus or iOS. Um, yeah. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, we don't know for sure what the reason is, but of course we all think that it's about this uh, Facebook account requirement. 
Um, but yeah, you can continue to use your headset if you're a current Oculus user. Yeah. Um, but of course, this will fold out over the coming weeks and we'll yeah. let you know what the score is. It's nice, at least, that um, here in Europe, uh, people question stuff and also discuss things that get rolled out and you can't just do it out of nowhere. I think that's mm. good because then you at least have a certain kind of feeling of like, okay, you know, people are aware of new products and, and, and how people access them. So I think that's the plus point of living in, uh, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and also people say we should not downplay Germany because there are a lot of German gamers, loads if you if you jump into an online game, they're always Germans. It's, it's probably the, the biggest European market, right? For sure, yeah, and, for and sure. They're, they're not. The thing is, this is not new either. Like, there's been plenty of news bits over the last 10, 20 years uh, where Germany said no to certain aspects of games. Brutality. Mm-hmm. I think Left 4 Dead even had bits stripped out of it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Some of the gore or the color of the gore. Wolfenstein. Mm, Wolfenstein. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's like there's loads of stuff that they're sensitive about, but they're not the only market that's like that. Uh, there are some South African markets. Uh, Australia is another example. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the Asian countries have very specific mm-hmm. rules. So, you know, yeah. this is it'll just, be interesting this is to see how this rolling one plays a product out. to the globe. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, for sure. If, if it gets if it gets banned in my country, I need to move for my work. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Where should I go? Oh, I should come to the UK or you should, yeah. or we'll, we'll welcome you here. Okay. And then you can have to, you have to change your superhero name to something else. Wait, so I can live with you? <laughs> not not with me. No. No. Oh. <laughs> no, you're not welcome at mine. Not on Sorry. your couch. No? <laughs> not one night. Next. Until I find like one night. Please don't say one night. Can we move? We gotta move topics. One night. One night. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, so also, whilst also talking about Oculus, uh, it seems that some retailers um, are no longer listing the Oculus Quest for sale anymore. And this isn't just Germany, this is across the board. Um, as we know, Facebook Connect is just a couple of weeks away now, and it could just be that you know they're, they're phasing out the original Quest uh, to be completely replaced by the new product. Uh, of course, we don't know for sure, but that's the speculation right now. Of course, if you want to know for sure, make sure you tune in to Facebook Connect on the 16th of September. Uh, I'm guessing all the details uh, will be released during that event. So wait, so so if I want to get one right now, then is there still like I think I looked it up today. There's still places where I could maybe get one if I want to. Yeah, I think places that have got some in stock already, you're fine. But they're not doing. uh, I don't think they're fulfilling online orders uh, or replenishing any stock that. They did this depleted. before, you remember? They did this with uh, the CV1 when the Rift S was coming. Yep. And so to me, it just sends the message of, we've got new gear coming, and that new gear is going to be available soon, like within the next month. Uh, and oh, given okay. they're going to sh- shout out about it, I'm really wondering if they're going to do an Oculus Connect 7 or Facebook Connect drop. <laughs> like, is their new product going to blend... Um, the PC and mobile markets in this new headset, and they're just gonna have the product, and it's gonna be out, and you can buy it. I mean, we've well, had all oh, these rumors. You think it's gonna be out stuff. like on the day? I think it could okay. be out within the month. Yeah. It, okay. It, 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 it does. It does make sense because if you discontinue it, and people still want to buy, like you, you don't want to have a long time window because then you're losing on the yeah. moment of people getting it. You definitely want perfect, something for Christmas, right? Yeah, we're in the perfect launch window for Christmas. Like, get this. We've, we've they've already done the leaks to get everyone hyped. Uh, all they need to do is fuse their two markets like PC VR and mobile VR together in a comfortable headset for not very much money. We've already had the, the thought about the two models. It just makes total sense. So I, I'm totally now expecting and, an announcement of a new headset and, and, yeah. and, and for it to come out in less than a month. And then, and then sell for half the price around Christmas. 
I don't, I don't think they cut it that far. <laughs> another discount. Another far. like 50% off. No, they're already lo- they're probably <laughs> already losing money on whatever price they set. So Imagine yeah. if they would do that. Amazing. <laughs> the cheapest so, quest I can get right now on Amazon in Seattle is $582, and that's the 64 what? gigabyte version. If is that I just because of demand? I'm at $650. It must wow. be like... I was people like, are not paying that. I don't believe that. Probably yeah, not. People are paying it. Yeah, they are. I, I've been doing a lot of selling on eBay, and like quests are going for a lot of money. It, again, it's it's because people are stuck. A lot of people yeah. are stuck at home looking for entertainment, but, hearing about this device. But maybe uh, maybe it's just because we live in the VR bubble. But like, why are anyone buying headsets right now when we're on the verge of like a big event? Do you know because what I mean? People like, don't realize. No, people they don't. Yeah, not maybe. know people about don't realize. Connect. It's the same. They it's the same with GPUs. Connect. It's the same with GPUs. Like you throw a GPU on there right now. There's always someone who doesn't know anything, and it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Okay. Well, that was the news about uh, Oculus pulling uh, their products oh. out of Germany for now, but you know, we'll keep you updated on that in the future and what the deal is with that. Uh, the next bit of news comes from NVIDIA, of course, talking about GPUs as they announced their new line of RTX 30 series graphics cards this mm. week. And uh, the new cards, they all use uh, support ray tracing and they oh. all uh, use a new Ampere uh, architecture. So I'm going to run through the, the three new cards, starting at the cheapest first and sort of work our way up to the big daddy. So first up is the RTX 3070. Got 5,888 CUDA cores, if that means anything to you. Got eight gigabytes of memory, and it's at 499 US dollars or 469 British pounds. It's going to be available in October. And the thing is with this little beast is that it outperforms the current RTX 2080 Ti in some tests and costs just 499. So that's half the price of the RTX 2080 Ti. I still want to see the benchmarks though. I still want to see them. Well, they've, sh- they've, they've shared the benchmarks, but it, so in, in some tests, in some yeah, exactly. tests, it does. Their benchmarks. <laughs> but, but I, think, I think even if you can get close to that performance at half the price, like course, that's no, a significant. I, I think it's, I think it's a, again, like a huge graphical leap, but uh, I, I ain't running to like eBay in order to sell my 2080 Ti so I can buy this card. Well, let's be right. honest about it. You need to get see. a motherboard first and everything. Jump the gun here, Rowdy. <laughs> just, I just need a CPU. Um, yeah. but, but, uh, it's an ointment for like, that burn. I mean, yeah, yeah. For one moment, it sounded oh, whatever. like... Whatever, I'll just shut up. Like, <laughs> Rowdy, don't be a disgrace to the to the PC Master Race, please. Yeah. So so that is the uh, the 3070. It looks like it's going to be a great card. Uh, mm. And obviously the low end on the uh, the new 30 series. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Go to the next one, please. <laughs> next one is the RTX 3080. Uh, this has got 8,704 CUDA cores, 10 gigabytes of memory. It's going to be 699 in US dollars, 649 in British pounds. And that's going to be available from the 17th of September. So not long to wait uh, if you're interested in that one. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, like, doesn't do it for me. Sorry. You have anything no. better? I mean, no. This one okay, is you want more. Oh, yeah, like you, bit, uh, you know, it's cute, but uh, H- how's how happy is your wallet feeling right now? Oh, still fine until you're gonna okay. tell me about the next one. Yeah, it's gonna cry. Okay, ready for this? <laughs> this is the big daddy, the RTX Ooh, 3090, 10,496 CUDA cores, 24 <laughs> gigabytes of memory. Is this is insane? One thousand four hundred and ninety-nine US dollars, one thousand three hundred and ninety-nine British pounds, available from the twenty-fourth of September. What a beast! Jesus. Twenty-four yeah. gigs ridiculous. of onboard RAM. That's that insane. is like nuts. Imagine it, it, playing. Imagine, dude. Imagine playing Rec Room on that. <laughs> I got, I got thumb drives smaller than that. 
<laughs> I know, it's, it's crazy. So out of all of us, who's going to be tempted to uh, to buy one of these bad boys? The 3080. Tem tempted. Yeah, the 3080. Uh, I, I, I'm very much thinking about it because I've been holding off. I'm, I'm still on a 1080. So I didn't jump into the 20 series mm -hmm. because I waited... Because I knew half of that chip wasn't going to be effectively utilized by modern games. I was like, I, I can hold off. Um, but the 3080 looks like a really good card for the price point. Yeah, it definitely is. Is, is your PC is. case big enough for this card, Zim? The, not the 3090. I mean, the 3090 is the bigger uh, the bigger card, right, of the three? Or am yeah, I wrong? it's huge. It's, yeah. it's, it's huge. It's it's massive. Huge. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be... You know what we're going to have? We're going to have, have graphics cards soon that just plug in and they're just like half of the chassis. You just like clunk exactly. this thing in. It's it just like side. external. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, there's you? people in the chat like uh, Aniuk who says that he feels sick because he paid 1,345 euros for his 2080 Ti. Wow. Thinking it would be great for another four years. And I'm the same. You know, I... I uh, oh, but I it will up... be. It will be. Isn't that yeah, but come like... on. You, you, no. can't, you can't look at it now and it be your favorite child. You, you, you've got like a, a better looking kid, you know, <laughs> no, on that no, shot no, there. So. No, no, he's right. It's never been a dad. You can't you gotta be doing you gotta, that. You gotta, pick a favorite. That, that's, that's why I don't have kids. Unbelievable, man. you got to trade it in. <laughs> get be the better one. You've been swapping your kids for better looking models. Yeah, I mean, talk to your wife recently. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, certainly from my perspective, I, I'm super tempted with the, 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 the big daddy only because I just I love having just like the high end stuff. The only thing that really puts me off, um, and it's not necessarily the price, even though it is eye watering. It's, it's, it's because it looks like a hoverboard. No, no, no. It's no, no, the no, water cooling. Oh, okay. it's, it's the, the water cooling. I knew it. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, whenever it comes, why to upgrading... would you want to overclock that, Mike? Like, what, what, what sense? Sensible part of your mind is still saying, hmm, I think I, I want to get a cooler so I can. The, the thing it. is, though, like, say if you want to play like Microsoft Flight Sim with a reverb G two. Uh, ultra settings. This is the only game. card you're going to be able to do it with, you know, realistically. Oh I want to fly. I want to flick to a cut from. Do you remember that sequence where the lady uh, in Jurassic Park, you know, the arm touches her on her shoulder and all that stuff, and then she's trying to get the power back on. There's that giant switch. I can just imagine the RTX on button, like, and he's just, and then he just switches it on, and all the power goes out in his house, but it's just streaming <laughs> pixels at him, and he's like, well, whoa, and every, there's ray tracing everywhere, and it fucking just, looks great. Just, just think about it. It's almost winter. Uh, you don't need to have anything on with this card. Um, you can just heat, like, <laughs> dude, like, seriously, I heat up this place with my computer. I, I'm not kidding. That's how I do it. The whole house. The whole house. Me too, dude. The, I feel the you. whole house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so getting back to the cards, uh, they all feature a single HDMI 2.1 port and three display 1.4 oh. ports. Um, one disappointing and thing USB-C? No. Well, that's that's what I was getting <laughs> on to. Sadly, they have ditched support for the USB-C virtual link connector, and it won't be featured on any of the new 30 series cards. So uh, if oh. you're not familiar, virtual link first appeared the last generation on the 20 series cards. And the idea was that there was a consortium of like uh, hardware manufacturers that all met up and agreed that USB-C would be like the kind of standard moving forward. And mm -hmm. NVIDIA implemented the USB-C port into the uh, the graphics card, calling it a virtual link connector. Mm -hmm. Sadly, no one actually used it. I think there was one third party manufacturer that used uh, the, the, the virtual link for uh, an adapter for the original CV1. But when the, that card dropped, they literally switched over to the uh, the oh. Rift S almost straight away. So it became practically useless. Oh. Uh, it is good for virtual um, Oculus Link uh, with Quest. It's one of the most reliable USB-C ports on my PC uh, for, for uh, Oculus Link. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit sad uh, because 
the Valve also were going to make a, an adapter actually for the Valve Index when they launched the Valve Index, mm -hmm. but they dropped it just before launch. I was one of the mm. few people that actually pre-ordered one, um, and they Wait, decided to drop you, it. So you were really excited about this, but I'm curious, like, what was it that that drove your excitement? Was the ubiquity of one, the single connection, or what was the yeah. thing that really did it? Yeah, like uh, especially like with the Vive headsets, you know, and the Valve Index, you need to power it as well from a, a like a power mains plug, yeah. uh, and then it goes into a Display Port, then it goes into USB port. If it's all like mm. just into a single USB C, mm. that's just super nice and streamlined. Do you it's think really a shame though that they don't that they don't continue that. Like, uh, it's another reason not to get this card. I think. <laughs> uh, do you do you think it's because it, it's because the like, if, if we're honest about the PC VR market and also the gaming content that came out, it's there hasn't been that much activity. So so let's say if there were more AAA games that came out for last yeah, year think, or two, then exactly they it. would have been like, oh yeah, because honestly, like how many how many titles uh, have there been that you really needed that for, you know? And I think also like, you know, if we look at this last couple of years, you know, the standalone market is, you know, spe speaking to Denny as well, you know, he sort of told us exactly what it was like and that the standalone market is clearly the way forward. Uh, I know we all are big advocates of PC VR and we all love PC VR, but you know, regardless of whether we love it or not, that's not the way the market seems to be going. Um, so yeah, although it's super disappointing and there'll always be enthusiasts that want the high end and want to play like Sims and, you know, stuff like that. It just, <laughs> the market isn't there, I don't think. For I just it. want to yeah. challenge. And I think Nvidia kind of shows that with like dropping support for, for this kind of port that, you know, the the main focus is and will always be on, on, the, on the huge gamer PC market, of course, rather yeah. than uh, the virtual market. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you kind of, hope to wish that you know nvidia would be you know on the front end of like supporting a, a new kind of technology like virtual reality which is a bit, a bit of a shame they could have done it for just half-life alex but apparently that's not enough to, to keep yeah. the interest going for that but if you, like, if you could buy if you could buy one of those cards you know the new ones like what brand would you pick i always buy the aces ones because i just love the design amazon. and i also think the build is just really solid um amazon rowdy, yeah, you were saying msi rowdy yeah, I think MSI. Yeah, I'm an MSI guy. I, I like the I like their coolers and their decibel level. They're usually pretty quiet and they come factory overclocked. So, MSI guy for the last like four or five generations. But I would again, say I'd like if if you have a 24 gigabytes, I don't know if it, if it matters much. Like how how cool you get it. Like <laughs> like always matters. Amount. Water baby, water baby. That's what you need to do. Need to, no need way. To, the the second just wait for the 3090 Ti or the 40 series because they'll you drop not, these 50% in price again. You have not felt fear unless you've spent over a thousand pounds on a graphics card, and before you've even plugged it into your PC, you've ripped that cooler off whacked a water block on it and then put it under water and then it pisses water everywhere <laughs> that's that's real fear like that is real fear mm. but um in terms of brands i would say evga all the way because um okay. i bricked a card once by overclocking it to the max and they uh, replaced it free of charge so that was you can also good. you can usually mm. also buy very if you would have bought as i wouldn't have bricked oh i'm sorry well, yeah wait, wait, sure wait, wait. we need to shot we didn't know where sean sits in this yeah. playground hang on uh man i don't like i was looking at the website here and i'm like man that 3090 sounds fucking awesome i was like i don't want to spend you know fifteen hundred dollars on it but then i was like maybe rec room will give me a dude. card so i was like <laughs> but, but it's like dude this is outrageous so i was like what do you need this for and they're pitching like if you want to do 8k hdr gaming and i'm like man i'm still on 1080 monitors like i don't i don't even need yeah. 4k so like you're, you're trying to pitch me on 8k like i don't need any of this shit dude, so dude. rec room in 8k 
you know? It's like Red Room in one four four hurts. It's gotta be like next gen, you know? My current PC has like a twenty seventy super in it, and it's the best card I've ever had. It's so still a great card. Still a great card. I don't need anything better than this now. Like maybe if I start feeling the squeeze somehow and like, oh I can't make like frames on this but i i play warzone cod warzone with some of the top settings and it plays fine i actually run this thing in the background called folding at home which does like um it tries to do like they fold proteins to try to find solutions to different like viruses and stuff like that it's like a nice way to donate your you know uh graphics like gpu Mm. cycles so not not the uh seti ufo one then no (laughs) dude i totally would I should probably swap over to SETI at some point. I would love to find some some of that. But um, no, I've I've been running folding at home and then played like Warzone on top of that. And then I've been like, wow. whoops, I was running folding at home and I didn't even notice. Like, and that takes up half the GPU. So I I don't I have no need for. <laughs> but do you have? More the, GPU. I'm actually thinking a, of uh, building my gaming rig at work. Because uh, they have like four or eight Titan X's there. So I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing yeah. is, what Sean says, like, no one needs it. That's right. But deep in your heart, you do need it. <laughs> exactly, and that's the yeah. problem with this stuff. Like, I also exactly. don't need it, but I want it. Um, I mean, yeah. are we going to see, see like TIs too? Uh, when is that usually happening? Because um, So we probably won't see that for a little while yet. Um, mm. Yeah. They normally do it like six months bleed after. Usually it comes Six out. months is a bit soon, I think. Maybe a year or two. So that, that people buy another card then. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like I said earlier, you know, having played Microsoft Flight Simulator recently, you know, that, that, that game's going to run oh. GPUs to the max. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're super on the high end, then, uh, yeah, you might want to invest in one of these cards. If you really like badly optimized games, then... <laughs> Uh, also, work whilst, on it. Yeah, no. whilst we're talking about the Reverb G2, I should also quickly mention that we had some news this week um, that there's going to be a new headset called the Omnicept Edition, uh, which has eye tracking and potentially like mouth tracking in it as well. Ah, Sounds mouth super, tracking. Yeah, so it's got a little module at the bottom that, that can see awesome. your mouth movement. And I don't know what applications are going to use this right now. Maybe it's just for business. I'm not sure, but um, could be awesome for Rec Room and like uh, maybe, uh, you know, like VR chat and stuff like that in the future. Um, we don't know much information about it because it kind of leaked through an Italian website. So once we get more information, we'll, we'll give it a full topic and I'll talk about it in more detail. Oh. But I thought I'd just quickly mention it. Wait, so you're saying this has something to do with the GPUs. So this is a whole conspiracy together. There's going to be a well, bundle uh, with I, mouth I tracking with, and... I, I put it with the GPUs because the Reverb G2 is going to need a high-end card to run it. You know, Oh, so that's why I want to buy tracking. it. For Microsoft Flight Simulator and Rec Room mouth tracking. The sell your exactly. Lamborghini by... Yeah. The cards and never gonna sell my Lambo. Yeah, yeah. Never. Did, didn't you play a game that had like mouth tracking? It had this gizmo and it would come down and swing in oh, your mouth. Oh, that Japanese, yeah, we covered that once on the show. Like the Japanese thing that would feed you candy while you were it was in like VR. called Puchian or something like that. Puchian, <laughs> basically, Sean. If you haven't seen this, it's ridiculous. No. It's very Japanese. Basically, you it. have it's, it's like little boyfriend girlfriend thing, and your girlfriend, I think, is feeding yeah, you yeah. candy and yeah. then oh, yeah, the device yeah, actually yeah. has a motorized arm that <laughs> yeah. pops in your oh mouth God. and the best part about this was the trailer has like a 50 year old businessman you know japanese businessman they're sitting in the seat <laughs> yeah. playing this game with like a oh, uh, probably 14 year old girl it's oh, just God. terrible like uh, anyway. and this it's is why our show is way better now you should listen to it and that is why you need a 3090 card oh <laughs> yeah. right so moving on let's move on <laughs> 
We don't, we don't want another two and a half hour show. Come no. on. Why not? No. It was fun last time. Okay. Let's try. Let's at least try. Try. Um, last bit of news this week mm. is about some augmented reality news, actually. And ah. it's been a while since we've had some really exciting AR news in this space. Uh, and this is something totally awesome, actually. And this is Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. So this was announced this week, and it looks totally awesome. This is a kit from Nintendo that is essentially a remote control little cart uh, with Mario or Luigi in it. The cart's also got a built-in camera at the back. And you can control this car and view from the camera live using your Nintendo Switch. So basically any room in your house, if you've got enough space, you can turn it into a full Mario Kart circuit, basically, which is totally awesome. Um, the kit is going to contain the cart itself, uh, four little gates and two arrow markers and a USB charging cable. And basically what you do is you set up the gates in your room, lay them out in a little circuit, and then you run the game, you drive the circuit slowly um, and in the game it actually looks like you're painting the circuit on the floor and you can create any shape you want as long as you go through the gates and then it saves it and then you can actually play it with ai controlled koopalings or up to four other well up to four players in total playing with live carts uh together in eight grand prix it's cups. insane insane yeah, it's amazing it's like I, I I love AR and I love what Nintendo's been doing. Like they first went Labo, right, and they showed us what yep. Labo could do. Then they VRified Labo. Now they're ARifying basically Labo because those are Labo stands essentially. And the beauty of this, if I don't know if you guys were like like me when I, a kid, when you built your own like racetrack, like how good that feels that you could customize it change it up, like just play as you want. And now you can do that with like AR, provided you have a wood floor. I don't know how well this is going to do on carpet because we've got carpet and I'm looking at this going, oh no, you know, that little Mario is going to have dog hair in it and all this kind of stuff. But <laughs> the idea, the concept uh, looks great. And um, what, what what appears to be the case in, in the camera that's over Mario's head on the cart is that like they overlay... Uh, yep. the the physical car so you like it like a gopro attached to the little rc car you're looking out that view but it looks like they're overlaying the actual cart with whatever character you've chosen mm -hmm. i don't know if yeah. you're forced to just mario and luigi but i bet you can do any mario Kart character and then you've got the red shells and stuff going all the ar overlay that's very cool and the you're thing, doing this the on thing Switch. i was wondering when i saw it was um can you actually like uh do that over the internet because that would be even more awesome that you could, Ooh. for example, try a racetrack at someone else's place. Because I think like um, it's like 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 you remember that thing that what you tried with the Chernobyl kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's it's just like um, Isotopium. So, something Chernobyl. like that where like people have like you know these awesome tracks. You know, for example, you can book a slot online and you could try that track out with with their setup, with their cards. I think something like that would be oh, epic as well. You were referring to the Chernobyl thing, the game? Chernobyl experience where you so, could yeah. wait, wait. So we could have know. Mario Kart in Chernobyl and then just plug in live together. Can, can, I just want yeah. to be clear, just not to confuse anyone. You can't actually do this. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. No, is is you it can't. not over the internet? At no, all? no, 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 no. It's local no. only. Okay. Local. So you would of course, need it's a Nintendo product. Locally. The other thing is the communication. Think about it. You're communicating between your Switch as the controller, right? Yeah. The camera and the car. There's got to be a maximum distance. Do you know if this is Bluetooth-based technology? Because if it, it is, it would then be Bluetooth-based. Yeah. It's got a range of 100 feet. So it means so basically you probably can't to play, play it like you know? locally with four actual live carts. You would need four friends, four carts, four switches. Uh, yeah. You're gonna so. four friends as well. 
Yeah. Damn it. You're out of luck, Rowdy. Like, don't don't forget, they're gonna make loads of money off this because you can now they sell aren't. like amiibos in in like physical form that can drive. So usually well, you buy Mario Kart eight well, and you have there's the only two. No, no, no. There's only two editions. There's for, one Mario one and one Luigi yeah, for one. Now, for the moment, for now. For now. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Like usually you buy the game for like sixty bucks and you get all the characters. And now you have to buy all these plastic toys and then you but, can drive with them. But not even just that. Like I think you're totally right there, Nathan. That they can add to this. They can augment this experience. They can augment the augmented reality experience by digital assets. Like what if you could do yeah. unlockables or things like that? They could literally patch this if it if it does well. They could also, as you said, and Nintendo loves doing this, like special editions of the carts. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you could have a, a gold version of a Mario, something selling for Splatoon yeah. with a Splatoon character. All that yeah. kind of stuff is possible. And Nintendo likes to do that when it sells. Yeah. And well, I think this is this is going to be pretty neat. This hopefully, neat. hopefully they yeah. don't turn it into like uh, the mobile version of Mario Kart, because then we have to spend some real monies on the screen. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, but like you touched on, Zim, actually, the power ups in game actually affect the real life cart. So if you have, really? a, if you use it, yeah, if you use that's a mushroom so, in yeah. the game, it actually boosts it your real faster? life car. Yeah, it gets yeah. faster. So they've got like a governor on it, like most of the time, like slowing it down or like exactly. keeping it below max speed. Wait, wait, wait. Exactly, and it also yeah. poops out bananas. No, but if you get hit with a red shell, it does actually come Dude, to a like, stop. Dude, like imagine there's like an actual like bullet bill flying through your house. <clears throat> That's cool. brilliant. So I just realized I was playing with these yesterday. Um, what? I went to. Uh, I went to our office and then someone there was like, hey, we've got these new like Nintendo based cars. And I was like, what the hell are these? They they didn't seem to know that it was anything to do with an AR thing. And we just started racing them around the office and we have like some sort of like hardwood floor, like a hard floor. And they have really good drift. Like if you make hmm. a turn, they'll kind of like no they'll kind of like really? go into it. Right. Oh, it was crazy. It handles so differently than any other like remote control car i ever had growing up it's just like they've got the right texture on the wheels that it, we were like we set up two trash cans and we did like a circuit and we were racing them and you could just whip it around the trash can and uh so wait, how, how so are you wait, controlling I, them how are you controlling the cars you've got a little handheld controller that's got like so that, that would have been although probably similar it would have been not this because this is only controllable yeah. using a switch but oh okay it yeah, looked, it it's exactly what you're describing though. There's one Mario one, there's one Luigi one. Yeah. Like I'm I'm sure that what they've done is they've probably used an existing model uh, that they already sell as a as a remote control car and then adapt it to this new experience. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's like um, well, I think they've had those on the I think I remember seeing them on the sh on the store shelves of like a Best Buy or something. Yeah, like a remote control Mario car. Yeah, cuz yeah. I think yeah. they've done that but um, oh, okay, I thought this you... plugged into that experience. I was like, oh shit, that's cool. But yeah, it makes <laughs> sense Mike, that it would Mike's probably right. They're, they're probably just, you know, re repurposing a, a, an existing mechanism that they're getting manufactured in China. Likely. So, you know, mm. I, yeah. I'm yeah. excited for this. I love that Nintendo keeps doing its Nintendo thing. You know, like Absolutely. does something weird. Does it, it, It's not guaranteed <laughs> to do well, but they just do it. I love pushy indie yeah. stuff from big corporations love it it's great so. i love their whole ethos you're totally so right the chat um, is asking about labo vr support um mm. no it's not been announced no. how would that even work yeah um Make it sick. just uh the First standard view the standard one you know the the cardboard one and then just the, the problem is you need the the joy cons slotted into it don't you it's still at the same so you're time gonna play like this Basically, you In won't VR. be playing it. We're using a Labo, sadly. <laughs> the sadly. funny thing is, Mike, you were talking about the price. Like, if you are a four or five member family, right? The amount of mm -hmm. switches that you need, 
the amount of carts you needed, about 100 pounds each, right? Like, yeah. the price in total is like a 3090. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, like, I, I thought the price was actually pretty reasonable. And, you know, there's two editions of the kit. You either buy the Mario one or the Luigi one. Uh, both cost 99 US dollars or 99 British pounds. And they're going to be releasing fairly soon on the 16th of October. And I think uh, yeah, this is going to be a pretty good gift for the uh, the holidays, you know, coming Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just around the corner. It's so. also reasonable c- comparing to Labo because Labo sold for I think it was like seventy to eighty-five pounds. It was pretty yeah. expensive for. I mean, to be honest, it's the software plus the cardboard that you're getting and the whole experience. Design. So I understand, but I agree with you that the price isn't extortionate. No, the thing with Labo was it just took ages to build <laughs> those things. It took me so many hours to build them all. Wasn't that part of the fun of it? Um, well, it would have been if I spaced it out, but I, I wanted to get it done for a video, so it, I literally sat there yeah, and made okay. cardboard for a whole day. Um, People came yeah. over to my house to say like, hey, did you already do all of them? And they just came here to help. And there were like three <laughs> random people that just came and they're like, oh, hey, awesome. Let's make this canon. The nation basically recruited kids from house. the neighborhood to, yeah, <laughs> build his stuff Hey, guys, him. hey, guys, you want to make 10 bucks? 10 bucks? You want yeah? some candy? Yeah, come here, build my lab. <laughs> just, just come here for three days and uh, just build, build what, the game want, with me. You want, you want a shout out in my video? Like, come, 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 come. <laughs> so there you go. Um... <laughs> that is uh, n- that is Mario Kart Live uh, Home Circuit AR uh, coming out on the 16th of October. But I think it looks totally awesome. Probably the most exciting okay. AR thing I've seen in a long time. Okay, wait, wait. So you're saying we need we need a Quest 2, we need a 3090, 3090. we need oh, a Mario Kart AR game. Yep. Ooh. Oh, okay, and, what and an HP Reverb G2 as well. Oh, yeah, HP Reverb G2. Let me see how much uh, chat donations we've had. I think we're almost <laughs> at the 3090 there. Uh, oh. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make it. <laughs> this is why I said you'll have to sell a kidney at the beginning of the show, because it is actually true. <laughs> well, a kidney is, is way too cheap for this stuff, uh, I'm afraid. Now. A lung? Uh, you can live with one uh, lung, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, and then Oculus yeah, sure. are going to possibly announce a headset. Make it cheap, Oculus, please. Thank you. Sorry. There you go. But that is all the, uh, that is all the news uh, this week. So now it's time for a hot topic and we're going to talk to our special guest of course Sean Whiting who's been chipping in throughout the whole show and I think you know we should start with you with like we start with most of our guests um on the show just recently you know how you sort of got into VR what was the sort of beginning road looked like you know when was you sort of convinced on the VR technology and kind of what led you up into uh getting into into Rec Room yeah so I've always been a huge gamer and I was working in film and uh I remember me and all my gaming nerd friends were sitting around like playing something at a LAN party and then somebody I remember this we were at a LAN party and then someone pulls up the Oculus Kickstarter and they were like look at this crazy bullshit like a VR headset this is fucking ridiculous (laughs) and then we saw like Gabe Newell in the video we're like wait a minute is this fucking real like what is this and I just remember being so skeptical I was like no fucking way what are they talking about and I it disappeared for like a few months and then eventually someone in my little hometown got one and me and hayden uh my partner that we started um converge with one of the like really early virtual worlds we just started hacking on stuff we were like man this is incredible i think we started playing like dread halls or something and we were like oh my god this is like the next i was like this is the future of all media right as a film person i was like yo fuck vr is a story or fuck um like film is a storytelling device like i want to tell stories in vr like i just want to know what this new medium can do it's like a totally fresh like place to explore so yeah hayden and i just started hacking on stuff and we immediately found that the most compelling thing for us was like 
networking it so that mm-hmm. I could see his headset and he could see mine and we could voice chat. And we were like, dude, there's something there. So we just started working on, mm-hmm. yeah, this really early crude looking virtual world called converge where you're just a floating head because that's all we had right like mm-hmm. for the dk1 we didn't even have positional tracking so it was just like nods and this and like that's it you didn't even have like <laughs> forward and backward um and, and was converge like one of the experiences that was on oculus share or something yeah, like that dude. yeah yeah we nice. were we were so hyped we got to like the top of oculus share and we we're like we're the best we're the fucking <laughs> biggest <laughs> vr thing in the world <laughs> you know? nice. like, and for yeah, people we were... that don't know like oculus share was like the really early days of like what sidequest is now essentially it was like you know a place for indies to you know launch experimental stuff for other people to check out give feedback on uh, and it was all free right from what i remember yeah everything was free it was just yeah. like a come grab some new shit like vr hub right it, so it's true. where you would get everything i think besides yeah. maybe some people would throw builds up on like reddit and you would download them there but most stuff was up on share yeah mm. and sure, then converge nice. converge was like it's basically what big screen is nowadays where you could uh, hang out with people and then watch movies and stuff uh, but i remember it most from meeting with people from you know the community but also taking selfies and when Oculus Connect uh, was, you know, happening, people watched it there. There was no other place you could really watch it besides you guys streaming it in Converge. Yeah, we had a movie theater space. It was all outdoors because I was a huge, like, Lord of the Rings fan. So I designed the whole <laughs> exterior space to be in, like, a magical forest with campfires, which actually kind of became, like, a social VR meme. Like, you see the campfire everywhere now, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. we were one of the first people to do that because I was like, man, I go camping a lot. It's, like, such a natural way to group people up you see a fire you come up to it you have a conversation it's just like deep in the human psyche to be like a campfire is this social like attraction space so i was i was proud that i feel like we like hit on that first and then we've seen a bunch of other people run with it um yeah converge so from, was fun um, so from converge like did you were you expecting to get like funding or like traction to get like support yeah. from some from from manufacturer maybe or devs uh, to, um, to push something else or what was the plan from there yeah we were we were looking into raising a bunch of money we uh we did get some money and go through y combinator which is one of the big startup accelerators in san francisco <laughs> so we did go through that which was a great experience they they really know their shit when it comes to building a company um and then i think Hayden and I just hit a burnout point like a year and a half, two years in where we had been doing this all with our own savings and we were depleting our savings and we were not living a healthy life. We were like living off Soylent and like spaghetti and oh, like man. living together Actually... in a small apartment, working wow. 12 hours a day. And we were just Soylent. like, we were like, listen, we're either going to raise a bunch of money and hire a bunch of people and keep doing this for X number more years, or we can like see what's out there. And we both got really good jobs out of the project. Like Hayden went to big screen and I went to Pluto VR uh, for a while. And we, we thought that was a good outcome. Um, and it was a, a hell of a journey. Like we built a really nice community out of it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I left Pluto maybe like a year, year and a half after that. And then I've been at Rec Room for the last three years. Nice. And how did, uh, is Hay- Hayden still not work? He's not working for big screen anymore, is he? No, so he went from big screen to working on a thing in New York called Insight VR. They do like architectural and design. Uh, like they'll take your model 
uh, import it and take it from like 4 billion polys down to like 10,000. So they make stuff like actually able to be like viewed and processed in VR by these giant like architecture and design firms. They're doing really good work. Um, nice. But yeah, Hayden just left them after being there for, you know, that similar amount of time, year and a half, two years. And now Hayden is at Apple. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Doing doing a VR headset for Apple. Nice. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so, so cool. So like what happened then? So you, you were working with Pluto um, and what does that, what made you wanted to leave and then, um, you know, join Rec Room? Like what sort of state mm -hmm. were they in at that point? Um, had they yeah. launched or were they just still in development? Yeah, so Pluto is a really cool project or product. They make a thing where they, they're they the most interested in the, the whole like overlay application space. So like what Pluto does is you can be in any VR experience and I will just like load in on top of that. Like you're in Tilt Brush or you're in Rec Room and you're playing paintball and then I'll just kind of appear and I'll, if you're running Pluto, I'll just appear into your like somewhere in your space and then I'll just start chatting with you because you can render like that person, that avatar using like the open VR layer. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Pluto is kind of this uh, communication layer that sits on top of everything else. And it was cool to work on. I think what I realized after a while was I really want more of a community vibe. Like I want to grow a community and be working on something that just hits more of my skill set there. Like that's the thing I really enjoyed in Converge was interacting with the community, getting their feedback, putting it into the product. And uh, Pluto, as cool it is as it is, is more of a feels like more of a like utility, right? It's more of like a Skype of VR type thing. And I just wasn't able to like use my community building skills as much as I'd like. So I started like looking around and I was like, oh, I think you know the rec room guys are in Seattle. They're probably a better fit. So hopped over there. And were they already established at that point? Are they launched already or? Yeah, they had been going for some number of months or a year, I think, before uh -huh. I went over. But it was still pretty small, pretty small number of people at the time. Yeah. So against Gravity, the studio who makes Rec Room, were they already doing something before they started making this social VR experience? So we're actually called Rec Room Inc. now. It's just Rec oh, Room Incorporated. Yeah. Uh, we changed the name from Against Gravity because a bunch of people were like, oh, like Against Gravity Studio, what else are you guys going to release? And we were like, nothing. It's just Rec Room. Like, it's Rec Room till we die. Like, And they were like, oh, okay, so Against Gravity makes Rec And we were like, why don't we just make this easy? Like, yeah. it's just Rec Room Inc. We make Rec Room. That's what it is. So, yeah, we're, we're Rec Room Inc. Although wow. I do still have a bunch of shirts that say Against Gravity. <laughs> that I enjoy wearing around. So so those were the humble beginnings of the Studio 2, or was there anything else that they experimented with before Rec Room uh, came about? No, man, it was really just, like, they had that idea from the start. The founders, a lot of them met at Microsoft working on the HoloLens project, so they were all kind of, like, XR natives. Like, they understood how to build, uh, like, immersive, fun stuff. And I think the initial launch of Rec Room was built in... It was like a month or two they built everything that they launched with and it was like dodgeball charades and maybe one other game and then like a lobby area it was like super sparse like that's our whole like that's how we operate right is we we make something very quick we ship it and then we get feedback from the community it's not like this development for three years and then 
ship and then you're mm-hmm. like oh fuck nobody wants this we're <laughs> fucked um so yeah it's we move fast and um we're we always try to you know experiment with yeah. stuff and then obviously iterate with feedback from the community yeah. it's been around for four years now yeah i think real? we're at four years Wow. And also, Impressive. like on almost every platform as well, you're on Oculus, you're on SteamVR, PSVR, and now even the iOS App Store as well. Um, yeah. Maybe you can share some, like, the the difficulties of shipping to some of those platforms. Are some easier oh, than God. others? Or does some have, like, specific challenges? Yes. What has been the, 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 most, the most difficult route for you? Well, first I'll say, because a lot of people, especially the VR OGs that just have played, like, Paintball and Laser Tag or The Quest... I think a lot of people still have this misconception about Rec Room that it's like, it's a VR thing only. And it's like, man, vast majority of people now play Rec Room on, you know, on Steam without a headset, on PS4 without a headset, on their iPhone without a headset, on their iPad without a headset. So, I mean, our, our like design and everything is definitely rooted in VR and we still use VR a ton when we're developing. But yeah, the number of platforms we're on now is... um, yeah, Oculus Home, Oculus Quest, PS4, PSVR, Steam, 2D, like Steam normal games, Steam, all the Steam headsets, uh, all the iPhones from like the iPhone 6 up, all oh. the iPads. So it's a large number of platforms to support. And I will say there's more coming. I can't say any more than that. Microwave but support not... is coming? Microwave? <laughs> yeah. Smart fridges. Is it going to be 3D head? Oh, 3D head. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, it's such no, a good thing though. Like that, I think that really supports you. I'm really curious though, um, I don't know if you're able to say it, but the split between <laughs> flat and VR. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm curious what that ratio is like for you now because we. I would say uh, among my friend base, it's probably like a 75 25 like 25 percent being being vr it might be close to that i haven't looked at that chart recently but i think the last time i looked it was 60 40 something like that and obviously Uh that fluctuates right like when new vr hardware comes out like vr will start to surge back but it's just like it's just a mathematical certainty right like as we grow there'll be more growth in screens than vr because there's fucking 120 million ps4s out there right so <laughs> yeah of like, course we can hit max saturation on those headsets way yeah. faster than we're going to hit max saturation on every iphone on the planet um so and and out of those platforms is there one that stands out as being like a real pain like is there one real difficult one for you uh i mean shipping to the app store via ios is always full of its own unique certifications and you know you've seen a lot of people complaining about apple recently in the news so i don't want to pile onto that but like yeah submitting to ios is always a thing uh there's a lot of boxes to check things to make sure you got right uh shipping to shipping to ps4 moderate and then shipping to steam and oculus is just very fast it's like almost flipping a switch um interesting there's there's more yeah more review process i would say on sony and uh apple or ios and this is the thing like because the app has always been free right yeah always free (laughs) so so there's a lot obviously a lot of work goes into this and it's a free app so the question always is like how how do you monetize like how do you keep the company afloat like Mm -hmm. and, and what does that look like going forward 
yeah so it's all in-app purchases so like uh zim was saying like hey you can come in and if you want to have a pizza party with your friends uh you got to spend what we call tokens so tokens are stuff you get by uh playing games or if you build really cool rooms we actually send token drops to people to thank them for like uh hey you built a really cool room and you got this many visits this month like here's a clump of a huge batch of tokens just because you're like providing value to the community right Uh and then if you don't want to wait or you're like i don't care about building i don't want to build uh you can just buy tokens so like you can go Mm -hmm. into the store and then spend you know real money you get rec room tokens and then you can spend that on avatar items and we're always putting out new avatar items i think we just launched like a unicorn horn and some pegasus wings and people just flip out right they're like I need those wings. Like <laughs> it sounds like Zim knows, but uh... no, I, I know exactly. I know exactly. I'll tell you why. I saved up uh, a thousand rec room tokens, and yeah. I was so happy. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go for." I think it was a four star box. I love that you've got these yeah. random boxes, and so I bought it, not knowing that there was no gender priority on the boxes, and I yeah. got a polka dot dress that I yeah. wear to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah, did we don't you wear have, it, Zim. Uh... Wait, Zim, did you wear it? I wear it every. I, I wear it all the time. My daughter loves <laughs> <Okay>, it. <good. laughs> loves me in my polka dot dress. But uh, no, like that that system of you know you can you can earn it like through your own time mm-hmm. uh, helps bond you to it. And the other thing that I think is really smart, which has brought me and a few of my friends in, and I literally just posted into my Discord the latest weekly challenge, is mm-hmm. like there's an item which is an item skin which isn't maybe it's a one time thing or maybe it gets revisited later. But like, I am so proud of my watermelon shotgun and I worked hard for that. You know what I mean? Like those items are amazing. I love all those skins. People put whole themes together. We have like, I think we have three or four pieces of watermelon gear. And I saw a guy with like a watermelon hat, watermelon shotgun, and like a watermelon shirt. And he was Mm. like, I'm fucking ready. (laughs) I was like, this is great. Um, But yeah, the the weekly challenge is so cool. I, I do have to say that, like, if you look at, like, the quality of, like, everything that Rec Room delivers, especially in terms of, like, the game modes that you have, it's better than, like, probably the majority of the of the VR games that are just generally out there. Uh, like, I remember, like, a lot of uh, people or a lot of VR developers were trying to do the Battle Royale thing, but mm-hmm. none of them have so far, like, convinced me as much as the one in Rec Room, which yeah. was... So kind of insane that it's like a you know a free experience in a free game. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's, that's it's, amazing. Sean. It's very it's very clean and and uh, when I first played it, it reminded me a bit of like the kind of Nintendo kind of vibe. You know, okay, like we we island or something. So yeah, like the quests and everything from design from gameplay, it all works uh, great. And and then you of course rolled out the whole uh, like worlds uh, thing where people now have tools to just make whatever they want. And I think that. That's really what make, made Rec Room like extremely popular. Yeah, yeah it's mm. crazy, man. The creation tools. So for people that aren't familiar, we have something in Rec Room called the Maker Pen, and it just kind of looks like a glue gun. And it, it came out of charades. Like we have a game called Charades oh. where you pull a card and then you have to draw <laughs> something in the air and it's like a 3D drawing, right? And then eventually people were like, hey, we want to build more stuff with this. And we were like, shit, how are we going to do this? And then someone was like, just just take the charades pen and make it into some sort of gun that makes shapes. And that's like where the maker pen came from. Right. So all that entire room Zim that you played the lost river Delta, all of that was built using that, like people using that maker pen to just extrude shapes and then spit out uh, what we call circuits. So they're these little visual 
like circuit boards and then you wire them up to do like hey when you get in the ride it moves the thing forward and it moves visual your programming forward. actually so, yeah, is what it is visual programming I, i'm really really i've been trying to go through videos and stuff to kind of teach myself and my daughter how to use the maker pen and i've, I've mm-hmm. not managed it so far i've gotten yeah. very not very far if someone wants to start down that road and and create stuff in rec room what are the best yeah. resources that they can go to sean Totally. So there's on our website, if you go to rec room, I think it's recroom.com slash creative. But if you just go to recroom.com, we have a link at the top that says, yeah, creative. Uh, there's another one that has community that has some resources, but the creative site has a bunch of classes you can take. So you'll like <laughs> hop in with other players like once a week and they'll just teach you in real time. Like, yeah, in a room, like here's how you use and they're they're all like there's some for different languages there's one here that's like the french maker pen class there's the german maker pen class there's you know different languages we've got different time zones british maker pen class circuits how to do circuits how to build uh, like a pvp game how to build that so there's like a huge community of people uh that's in there. insane that is completely yeah. insane and that's i think so you know certainly you know community made content is, is the way the future is going you know we've seen it with mm. dreams on psvr you know, like there is only a, a finite amount of mm. VR developers out there. So if you just open up the tools to the community, yeah. they're so, yeah. so creative, so passionate that they will come up with the most amazing stuff. Like we we talked about like the devouring experience in VR chat mm. a couple of weeks back, which was yeah. basically like a, a five hour uh, cooperatively uh, playable yeah. horror experience where you're in a mansion with your friends all made in oh, VR shoot. chat. From the community and it's it's amazing awesome. and i'm sure we're going to see more of that you know is there yeah. a kind of a limitation to the scope with rec room like is there a, a limit to what people can build there in terms of like a, a story uh yeah. sort of content like that so there is a limit and then there's also no limit because there is a limit the amount of stuff that you could put in a room because like if you just fill the room with infinite polys and infinite logic running all these calculations, you're just going to break people, right, when they load in. Right. Um, so there's a limit in what you can do per room, but you can attach any number of rooms in a sequence. So there's really no limit. You just have to break it up in a smart way, right? So that lost river delta map could be a 10-hour experience. It's just they would have to break that up into however many rooms uh, and what we call that is the ink cost. So it's like you can only you can only have so many shapes, so many textures, so much game logic in there before uh, you hit a point where we've calculated like, okay, at this point you're really gonna start dropping frames, or you're gonna start like crashing on certain devices. And then we also have a smart level of detail system that sits on top of that and says, hey, when you load into this room on Quest or an iPhone 6s or whatever this is the level of detail you're going to get to optimize for that platform. So you as a creator just build once and then now your stuff is shipped to, I think probably billions of devices, which is kind of crazy, right? That's insane. If you look at all the PS4s, all the VR headsets, everyone on Steam, everyone on iPhone and iPad, the fact that you can just create a room in Rec Room and then it's like, hey, now billions of people can like get into this thing it's insane and we've got some rooms that have like two three four five million visits now so you look at those numbers and you're like this is better numbers than most vr games ever get right and this is for one experience in one app like yeah it's nuts how fast that ecosystem with with so many you know if you if you indeed say like you know so many millions of devices like how do you 
control like the you know the privacy in the in in rec room in that kind of way because of course if you're exposed to that many people you have always uh, bad apples in between that that will mm -hmm. try to spoil the experience for everyone so how yeah. do you how do you how do you control for that then yeah we had to spin up a security team recently because the, yeah the more devices you're on the more like the bigger target you are right like when rec room's a small thing nobody cares but once it's like oh have you heard of rec room and you mm. get more people now it's like a bigger thrill to like fuck more, with that app or that trolls. community right more yeah. trolls um, yeah. so most of the issues we have with that are on pc just because you can do more on a pc so yeah. uh we started using easy anti-cheat which is the epic games thing which really locks a lot of stuff down verifies stuff uh, but it's really only a PC problem. Like, there's not a lot of people hacking their PS4s or, like, hacking their iPhones to, like, get into stuff they shouldn't. It's it's just, like, a PC problem, and, you know, we've dealt with a lot of it, but now we have an ongoing security team that looks into big problems like that. And so this kind of brings us on to Facebook Horizon, because this is something we talked about recently on the show, mm -hmm. um, and they, they've got some really robust uh, tools for like keeping track of their community and what they're up to uh, and that is that you know the, the, the headset <laughs> that's the way is, to say it yeah is, is like it's recording all the time in the background of every single user so uh yeah. you know i think it's three or so minutes records on loop to the headset and then if you if you in the situation where you need to report something that clip is kind of saved and then sent to like a, a security team at facebook who reviews it they can log in remotely and see the activity and hear it going on in real time um and they can also make appropriate action, like sort of banning users and stuff like that. How how do you think, first of all, what is your opinion on that? And then how do you think, yeah. you know, managing a community in, in, in a social, in, in, well, in any social app, you know, because you've got many across the board there and how it sort of compares between what Horizon are doing, what you're doing, what VRChat are doing and others? Yeah. I mean, it freaks me out at a personal level. Like I, I watch somebody's a video where they were like hey it's my first horizon experience and i was like oh yeah let's see like what horizon's like like i'm super interested right like i want to see their take on social vr it should be you know something that we can all learn from so yeah i watched this video and like one of the first things this person sees is like hey by the way like you're being recorded the whole time like your device is recording you and if you need to we're going to pull a clip from that which is like it's a cool feature it's just weird to know that especially with Facebook, right? It's like, hey, we're always watching. And by the way, like we will just be watching you live at some points and you won't know it. So it made me feel a little weird. I don't know what that like live watching is. Are they watching like literally through your headset view or are they like spawning a camera or someone floating around invisibly? Like, I don't like the idea of like someone's watching me and I don't know it. Um, I, I, from what I understand, it's that it is invisible, um, but it will only happen in the event of something actually being recorded, uh, reported, sorry, as inappropriate behavior. Works, it works like a CCTV. So you've got a mm -hmm. looping local recording that's happening. Yeah. And then if that triggers, that gets sent, essentially pushed to the cloud and they can review it. But yeah. it is not, as I understood it, someone ghosting you uh, and watching in real time. Unless when you pull the alarm, then they're watching to see, oh, this person's being actively harassed. I'm not clear if that was a feature. Right. Okay. Um, that's got to hit your perf a little though, right? To constantly be caching video and audio onto your mm. like device, especially on the Quest. Like to record all those pixels at however many frames well, and the audio and then to, to upload it. To a certain degree, um, like we record obviously content on the Quest 
regularly anyway, and yeah. it doesn't hit it as bad as you probably think it does. Like mm. playing games when you're normally and playing games recorded for me doesn't necessarily feel any different. Um, yeah, I don't know about you guys if you notice any sort of like it's, performance I, issues I when they recording. Also use it. Uh, they have a separate part of the chip, I think, that is specifically designed to uh, for that kind of part. I think it's very much like, for mm. example, like PlayStation also records, uh, and it also doesn't really affect your uh, your gameplay session uh, or like the uh, the how is it called on the Nvidia like the the rewind function shadow, shadow play. Or whatever. Shadow play. Uh, I think it's. It, I mean, I'm not saying it's the same kind of technology, but the, the same kind of concept that they're using as well to have like a reserved portion of the of the chip or of the mm. of the device specifically designed to do the recording when when recording i particularly if you're recording in a stressed component of a, of a game on quest you'll notice it then if mm. you use things like for instance virtual desktop has kind of a mild overclocking feature to up the clock rate uh, that can help alleviate it to kind of offset but again, then you're you're chewing through the battery, you're heating up your quest a bit mm-hmm. more. Um, so I think what they're doing, as Rowdy says, just it's a compartmentalized component, and it feels like it's chewing on maybe five to ten percent, but it's not it's not mm-hmm. enormous. So so how do you do it in Rec Room? Because in Rec Room you can also report people on you know mm-hmm. getting harassed or someone doing something. Um, so what happens when I let's say report someone? Yeah. So I don't want to go into a lot of detail on exactly how the system works because that's when people start abusing it, right? Like if I lay out exactly how the report system works, sure. that's when people are like, oh, now we know how to you know, fuck with it. Now I know um, when to troll and when I should not troll. Yeah, I will say it's it's uh, nothing as it's nothing similar to what uh, Horizon is doing. We we don't monitor to that extent. We We get enough information on the reports to take action and we have a lot of um we have a lot of people that we work with in the community like volunteer moderators who will like send us reports and those reports you know surface a little bit higher because they're people we've identified that have like good moderation histories so we we have people that are and they're identified they're like in rec centers and you can see who they are um but that's kind of our philosophy and we take privacy very seriously like we don't we have different rules for private rooms versus public rooms like you can do way more stuff in a private room Mm. than you can in a public room so i'm kind of curious like for the horizon recording thing like if i'm in a private room with a group of friends and then somebody like reports me as a joke or because they actually don't like something i said and then three minutes of my like private conversation is uploaded to Facebook. Like, is yeah. that what's going to happen? Like, that feels really gross to me. Like, does that system still operate in private rooms? Like, do they have private rooms? Is somebody going to start viewing me from a like third person angle in a private room I created as I'm discussing something? Like, I I don't know I for don't... sure, but I think it's like a, a a feature across the board, regardless of whether you're in a yeah, public I'm or a private. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because like like I said that a couple of episodes ago as well. The the last thing that Facebook wants is the kind of groups being formed on their platform that they do not want. I'm I'm thinking like terrorist or like you know pedophiles or like some something that is just doesn't belong on the on the kind of platform. And if they I think if they deliver a private room that doesn't uh, have any kind of form of reporting um, I think they'll get into bad waters that they want to avoid at all cost yeah. I like the I like the point that you're making there um, Sean in terms of the feeling I've had it before on Twitch back in my Twitch years that when they rolled out the clipping feature uh, yeah. it, it worked similarly and that the second the viewer presses clip 
it does a back roll of I think a minute to a minute and a half. Yeah. And sometimes the way that that's framed and then published yeah. uh, it can look really odd or 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 you put you in a very bad light. And that's kind of immediately in that space public. In this case, you're putting a three minute clip into the hands of someone who's taking judgment against you, your account, your future on the platform, you know, yeah. so especially because it's three minutes rolling back, that, that captures a lot of conversation in terms of the context, doesn't it? And does that impact just your Oculus account? Or like if you <laughs> if you fuck up in Horizon, is that are they going to nuke your whole Facebook? Like these are I all think, unanswered questions, right? I think yeah. from what they've said on the safety video is that you'd be banned from Horizon. I don't think it would affect your okay. Facebook standing. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not quite sure on that 100%, but I'm pretty sure it's just Horizon. But I'm kind of interested, like, you know, in terms of, like, when people report content or, or you know, inappropriate behavior in Rec Room, do they generally supply clips of, of, of the the incident or do they just, is it just descriptive or how does that generally work? Some people do supply clips. We have, like, support and moderation people on Discord 24-7 that are, like, you know, taking images or videos or text reports in person. We have a support site called happy fox which is kind of like a service that does all the email ticketing uh we have people sending stuff there but the vast majority of reports are people uh reporting with text either uh, and you can report almost anything in rec room right you can report a room a player an invention a um an event like anything that is a user created item like someone can report it and then that surfaces to us on a kind of back-end moderation platform we have that says like hey this is getting reported a lot by people with like higher trust like better moderation history so uh -huh. it surfaces higher or we're getting a higher volume and then we just triage all of that and we have a dedicated team mm -hmm. of people that are just constantly working through this this flow of like high urgency things so so what i'm what i'm like wondering is that this is something we have been talking about before is that um, like every social VR platform has their different level of what's acceptable. You know, you have VR chat who has a certain bar of what's fine and what isn't. And then Rec Room <laughs> has that too. You know, there are things that I've seen yeah. or experienced in Rec Room where I'm like, I'm like, personally, I think it's funny, but then other people might not. And then it's up to you guys to find out if that's, you know, okay to show to others. Um, right. But I, I, like, if I think about Facebook Horizon, I think about a pretty serious platform like Facebook as a name doesn't sound to me like, oh, for example, the people that you have in Rec Room, uh, when they come over to Facebook Horizon, I'm not sure if they would be so happy with the same kind of like things they are doing. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you think about that. That brings that. us like, actually to a, to a question of the chat because oh. people have been wondering that as well. Like, do you see Facebook Horizon as a competition, as mm -hmm. a rival, or uh, is it maybe something entirely different? Uh. I think what I would say is imitation is the highest form of flattery. Okay. <laughs> I love that. yeah. That's great. Perfect. And, and do you think, I know it's might be something you can't answer, but was there any point where you, maybe uh, Facebook were like, hey, let's just buy Rec Room instead of like making our own? I don't know. That's okay. that wouldn't have been a conversation yeah. I would have been involved in. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but also, like, just a quick uh, question about privacy again and like moderation. Um, you know, say someone sends in a text report. You know, like, oh, this player did this and said this. Mm -hmm. You know, it must be difficult to sanction any form of punishment if it's just a written, like, 
form and there's no necessary like evidence to back that up and i think that's yeah. you know although obviously you know people don't like a surveillance state or some people disagree with what horizon is doing at least if someone does report something there's the evidence there instantly um so there is some mm -hmm. argument there that it's, it's kind of like an interesting system yeah our our system it does collect some amount of evidence i don't want to say exactly what it is sure. it's it's not as what i would consider as intrusive a, yeah it's not as invasive as what you know like a fully recorded video audio etc but we get a lot of details about like what was happening in the room what was going on around that event that we can look at mm -hmm. and generally the people that are causing the most problems it's very clear like there's a lot of reports saying the same thing right you can look at like other stuff that they've input into the account like names they're choosing for their self etc and it's it's generally pretty clear like when someone's out of line so yeah. it's not something where we really typically need a lot of nuance or to go deep into this sort of thing like a lot of the you know worst uh actors are yeah like the system does a great job mm -hmm. currently in my opinion for and those um people. what are the sort of sanctions for those people do they get banned from rec room do they have like is it mm -hmm. temporary bans lifetime bans that sort of thing yeah i mean it depends on the severity of what they've done and we have a code of conduct that we you know keep that we reference for all this stuff um so yeah, it can be anywhere from hey, you're gonna get a 24-hour ban to you know you're permanently banned if you you know if you create a bunch of rooms and they've got awful awful themes and you've you know really messed with people, crashed their game, done whatever. Like you could go straight to a permanent ban. Um, wow. But generally, most people are just kind of uh, trying to find the line of like hey, where yeah. where can I go here? So for people like that, we don't want to permanently ban them. That's not a good outcome. We want to say like, listen, you breached the code of conduct. That's not cool. Take a 24-hour break. Mm -hmm. uh, we write you a message saying what you did and how not to do it again, and here's the code of conduct. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people correct their behavior, right? I think a lot of people just online in general have the attitude of like, moderation is a joke and nobody does it and then when they yeah. run into rec room and we're like actually you will have to abide by the code of conduct so um, it's like a it's like a healthy ecosystem in that sense what, what do you like we don't really know because not many people have been you know banned from facebook horizon yet or but i feel like they're mm -hmm. way more serious about that stuff where uh, a joke that be, would right? get you five days banned in in rec room might get you banned for like a month in facebook horizon yeah, I think they have to be, and it's it's understandable because it's Facebook. So if something awful happens in Facebook Horizon and that gets a bunch of like YouTube hits or press, like it's going to be very very bad for them, right? So they're going to want to really lock it down, really be like, listen, you're on your Facebook account, don't fuck this up, don't do anything stupid, uh, because yeah, if if Facebook's seen having a bunch of you know crazy awful things happening there it's a that's just a nightmare pr problem mm. for them right yeah. so they've they've got to really play it uh they've got to really play it tight which is potentially going to backlash on them because you know really strict moderation is not the friend of like really engaging conversations or gameplay because it's like yeah. if you're always like yeah. uh-oh like someone watching me or uh really like measuring your words carefully that's not like a it's they're kind of conflicting goals right mm. of like you know a really open environment where you can find people and you know say whatever have these conversations but you know i don't know maybe they can make it work but it's it's a hard line to walk 
But let, let's like say Christmas. Facebook Arise becomes like extremely popular in the upcoming mm -hmm. like months. Do you still think there is uh, like can Rec Room still coexist on the on the same platform? Because uh, mm -hmm. what I understand from Facebook is that Horizon is going to be the main hub of your of your quest, and mm -hmm. I think they're also going to heavily integrate it within the software. So the other yeah. social experiences are still going to be there. But since Facebook owns the platform and the store, they can promote Horizon as much as they want. They can always put it on the front page, for example, or they can mm -hmm. make sure that they can make something, but tell you that you're not allowed to do that. Like we have seen yeah. it with Darshan, with Big Screen. He wanted to do certain things, but then Facebook said like, no, we don't want to do that because we have our own plans. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a risk there. Yes, I think it's probably going to be more of a positive though, right? Because if if they send out like new hardware and then, you know, a bunch of people are buying it and a bunch of people are hopping in Horizon and they're like, hey, this social experience is kind of cool. Like what other social experiences can I have? Exactly. Like it's just going to lead people into VR uh -huh. chat, rec room, big screen. Like uh -huh. it's a, you know, if they want to throw hundreds of millions of dollars into like a marketing campaign being like yo social vr exists like hell yeah mm. do it please <laughs> do it like it's it's only gonna so so benefit you're, you're, everyone I, I feel like you're saying they they wouldn't mind if there are more people playing rec room in the end than there are people in facebook horizon and rec room still kind of steals the show on the quest I mean, you'd have to ask them. I would yeah, assume no, no. that would not be the best outcome for them. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. I still kind of see it as early days, right? Like the number of people on the planet that have had a social VR experience is still probably 1% or fewer, right? Yeah, like almost no sure. one knows about this shit. So yeah. to me, it's like anyone who wants to take a shot on goal and bring something to the table, like, please go for it. Like, we're all going to learn from it. Uh, I just wish there was more to learn from Horizon than it looks yeah. like there is. I, I got a question. I know we've dabbled in a lot of the kind of policing and policy stuff, but you, you label yourself, Sean, as a bit of a community guy, and mm -hmm. you seem to be spirited by that, you know? Uh, yeah. It seems to kind of put the air in your hot air balloon. Um, <laughs> what's, what's an example or two that you can recount from Rec Room where, like, it surprised you or something really interesting happened? Uh, any stories like that to share? Um, I mean, a lot of our development has been community driven. It's like, you know, when we initially just had all of our first party games, it was a, the community that really pulled the like creation tools out of us. They were like, hey, we want to mod soccer into a ultimate disc golf field. And they were like, can we spawn a, a disc in the soccer field? And we we're like, why the hell do they want this? Whatever, just do it. So we built a sandbox machine where you could cycle through all the items in the game and just put them in wherever. And then people were building all these crazy cool games. And we were like, oh shit, like they used that field for this and this room for that. And then people were like, it's really a, a hassle to have to respawn this stuff every time and we were like well shit i guess we should let them save the room state with all those objects in it and then we did that and now you've got your custom game and now they're like hey we'd really like to change the level and we're like well shit now we have to add like something that lets them construct and that's where the maker pen came in and then they're like we want to change the gameplay logic and we're like well now we need circuits so that they can like write their own you know, scripting for when a player gets hit with this, here's how much damage. Mm -hmm. And 
they've given themselves like player classes so people have reconstructed like tf2 in there where you're a scout or when you shoot someone Mm -hmm. with the medic class you heal them so like they've done everything uh possible basically at this point and it all comes out of like that community feedback that community interaction so i mean the most yeah the most magical thing that the community has done for rec room is basically create rec room right Mm -hmm. like they guide the development um it's it's really the community's game and that's especially evident now when you go in and you look at the hot list of rooms our rooms are not the hottest rooms it's all of the stuff that the players have built like it used to be like paintball Mm -hmm. all the quests laser tag rec royale you look at the list now and that list is sorted by like what rooms have the most people in them what rooms are getting the most visits it's mostly stuff that players have created which is like they're creating stuff that's getting way more engagement than paintball or (laughs) it's like they've they're doing it like they've built this whole like universe of content like that's that's really interesting because i when i was logging in to get the names of the the things i wanted to mention at the start of the show i noticed Mm -hmm. that and i think it's a really wholesome choice that you're not just pinning your own content because mm-hmm. obviously there's a two-way street there and it's been advantageous both for the players and you guys because it, it helps you if you've got better content but it's yep. really nice to see that actually you're letting the community created stuff float to the top where mm. it, where it deserves to be i think Definitely. as well like also with this like user generated content you know it, it could be that you are inspiring a whole future generation of game developers that you, developers, you just don't necessarily yeah. know it you know that, that they're going to be end up on one of these documentaries yeah, last, yeah, yeah. you know in oh, the future those, and say yeah, those, you know yeah. like i actually started off in <laughs> yeah, rec room yeah. i was building rooms and people were enjoying it and that kind of led me on to a career yeah. in game development you know it's, Dude, it's we've amazing. already seen that happening it's insane people form these development teams in rec room where it's just like oh dude so and so always does the circuits for so and so's rooms and they're like celebrities in rec room right like they go into a rec center and everyone's like oh my god it's like it's him it's the creator of like my favorite game and people lose their shit um and you can you can subscribe to people in rec room so there are some people that have like i think like tens or hundreds of thousands of subs and when they publish a new room just like you guys publish a new video it pings everyone in rec room Mm. and it hits their email and it's like hey that that guy you love his rooms he just published a new room and people go in and they check it out and um yeah we've had a lot of people be like hey i learned how to program through doing circuits in rec room and now Mm. i'm (laughs) like now i'm going to carnegie mellon for programming wow or That's now I'm insane. going to learn game dev at this like college. So we've had a lot of people that are like, Rec Room really turned me into a, a like game dev. So I would I would encourage everyone out there who's like, man, I want to, uh, like get into game dev or design games, design experiences. If you're like, if if Unity intimidates you, uh, like check out Rec Room because it's kind of a lighter sort of engine, right? It's like, hey, I can build this experience and with unity it's like okay now you publish that and you're gonna like put it on a subreddit or what i guess you could try to upload it to steam or something but like in rec room if you publish that and drive traffic to it Mm. you're instantly on ps4 iphone like you're on the iphone and the ipad and you didn't have to go through any of the cert like you didn't have to go through any of the certification any of the issues you're in every region on ps4 you're on steam you're on oculus you're on the quest like that's an incredible like opportunity for people that want to put out like games or whatever 
Nathie's going to quit YouTube and become a content creator in Rec Room now and just earn tokens. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to sell it to him. They can pay me with tokens. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, one last thing, I, like I don't want to tease you too much, uh, Sean, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rec Room has a reputation of being, well, let's just say it like this, like family-friendly game. That's what I call it yeah. nowadays. Like there are a lot of uh, young uh, people in there. So it, definitely. Are you guys like you're like fine with that like name in a way? Are you like mm, we want to target more adults? We want more people to get in there. Uh. Um, I think yeah, we've always had a motto of like we want to be a open and welcoming community for like people from all walks of life, everyone. And that's you know people that are 13 and younger, um, or 12 and younger. They have to be on junior accounts, so you know they can't like. Uh, it's all the COPPA laws, right? You can't disclose, you know, your full name. You can't change your name because they'll write, like, my name's Johnny Smith and here's my home address. And you're like, no, Johnny, no, don't do it. Like, so you have to have different accounts for the real young kids. Uh, but we certainly have a lot of teens uh, on the platform. There's a lot of people that are, yeah, teens on their iPhone or PS4 and their quests. And they're just, they're really just the most active VR people out there right like Mm -hmm. a lot of the the older people like me it's like man we got jobs and whatever but remember when you were in middle school high school college like that's your prime like free time gaming days so for us it's like listen they're active especially now with covid right it's like a lot of people aren't in school they're at home so we've we've been blowing up in terms of numbers uh with the pandemic, which is kind of like a weird silver lining as you watch all these other businesses struggle, which just like, what do people want right now? They want to hang out with their friends and family and have some fun and escape the house they've been in for five months straight. Like, so all these virtual worlds I think are doing really well. Um, and yeah, it's like the, every, every virtual space kind of gets its own, like community vibe you know like vr chat is definitely like the anime people the weebs the (laughs) like the super creative avatar people that want full body tracking and that sort of thing like it's got its own vibe and i I think i think an eight-year-old would not survive in vr chat (laughs) i don't (laughs) think except for that one kid who's amazing the kid that sirmore is always talking to you know that really young kid who's um so Sir Moore does this, uh, what does he call him? It's like, he goes around VR chat and he just talks to people. Uh, oh, and there's yeah. this he one kid people. he always yeah. talks to. It's like Jordan or something. Yeah. It's he like was like this little avatar. bird, uh, kind of adorable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah but, yeah. um, yeah, every, every it's one of these worlds culture. has their yeah. own vibe, right? Like yeah. rec rooms vibe is probably, I would say, yeah, younger, more energy games, like building these worlds. VR chat is more just like pure social interaction, like dress up that mm. cosplay vibe. The wave is more like, hey, we're all deeply into music. We really like this, mm. like, you know, the dark EDM, like the neon colors, like they've got their own vibe. Uh, and then I'm curious to see what Horizon's vibe mm. turns into. Like, it's a big question mark right now. Like, you can't answer that question until you get all the people in there. But right. I mean, you can look at some of their marketing materials and see what they're going for. And it's like, it is what it is like however you want that builds itself i think i think those communities you know it you can guide it you can put rails up and you can push it in a certain direction but what it turns into is very much up to the the users exactly Uh, 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And maybe mm. like, you know, we should probably take some questions from the, the chat, but the one question I want to ask you before we do that is, um, mm -hmm. what, what's the sort of roadmap? What's the plan for the future of Rec Room? Have you got anything you can share with us or some ideas, you know, maybe augmented reality is going to be a thing in the future for you guys, you know, anything you can yeah. share with us? Dude, we have an AR thing right now that people can go do. If you have a iPhone or an iPad, oh. um, yeah, we have an augmented reality thing. I forget the name of the room, uh, but you go into a certain room. It's called like AR room or AR experiment. And then if you're on an Apple device, an iPhone or an iPad that has the depth camera, yep. I forget what device class it is, but you can scan your room and that room scan is loaded into this rec room space. And then as wow. people join that room, they're just like overlaid on top of your real world environment. So we've had a lot of people in their house just like, hey, I'm hanging out with my friends in my living room. And they're like literally sitting on the couch because the uh, that geo is in the room. Like you scan your room and then they see like the outline of a couch and then it makes actual geometry in that space and they like plop their avatar on it. Um, we did an experiment like this and i posted it on twitter so like rec room ar experiment. that sounds insane you yeah, know like you obviously Google... right now well you know you if you're looking around your room with a phone it's like a smallest little window but of course in the future you know yeah. ar glasses you know from from apple and everyone else is yeah. inevitable it's like you an know, awesome that you'll be able to look around and yes. just see your friends there yeah it's like yeah. vr meets ar and the other way around because someone is in vr but you can see them through your yeah. phone yeah it's both. But yeah, if you Google Rec Room AR experiment, there's like two or three tweets there at the top that you can look at what we built. And it's like me in the office, I'm in VR. Nick, our CEO, is holding up his iPhone and I'm like bowling down one of our like <laughs> yeah, boardroom yeah, yeah. tables or something. Like that's that's what we're messing with. And that's public. Like you can go mess with that right now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you could Google the patch notes and it'll tell you that exact room. But hmm. all you have to do is have a compatible phone or whatever. But the future the future of rec room we are always building out more and more like creation tools for sure so you'll see a lot more and better creation tools constantly more you know outreach to creators to be like hey what do you guys need and um i think we just announced some like big stuff that they've been wanting recently like um they've been really wanting a glass like transparent uh texture to put in so i think we announced that's coming it's like huge for them because they've been scaling up like these they've been scaling up like these martini glasses that we have in the game to make glass forever <laughs> just like whatever they can do they'll like scale up these things and they're like this is what we're gonna do until you give us windows and we're like oh man this room's full of giant martini glasses because it's the only thing they can like get that sort of look from so there'll always be new creation tools coming out and then I think something that people don't realize is our in-game economy is always progressing in terms of what players can sell for tokens. Uh, we've got people can sell um, inventions. So you can make like a poster and then you can put that up in your room or your dorm room and people can buy that for tokens. And there are a lot of creators that are amassing these huge like hordes of tokens do and we have any rec room millionaires yet definitely dude oh, there are wow. some people that get like millions in a week like no it's, way because they have such popular room. rooms such popular inventions but yeah if only they, they can, could cash out yeah so here's the thing is in the future you will be able to make a career 
out of building no stuff way. in Rec Room. No yes. way. I can't go into a lot of detail, but I will say it will be a legitimate career to build uh, experiences <sighs> and inventions and like hold events and stuff in Rec Room. That's something that is very much being worked on. So that's, that's like actually, total sense. That's total sense. Exchanging yeah. Rec tokens for real money. Wow. Imagine you, you you go to the pizza place like do you accept rec tokens? <laughs> um, but the, the amazing thing is is like that's almost like the realization of like uh, the VR version of Second Life, right? Because that became mm-hmm. super popular. People were making legitimate um, you know um, careers out of creating oh, yeah. content in, in Second Life, and it's amazing to think that that's going to happen in VR soon. So that's incredible. Um, yeah, man, it's cool. I know VR Chat does a lot of. I don't know how they. I guess they don't have any way to monetize in app, but they they do that like VR expo thing and people sell avatars and stuff. I guess yeah. all the transactions happen outside the app and they just don't realize any oh. revenue from that. Mm. But um, yeah, they, I mean it's a very established uh thing, right? Like, we've got a question from the chat uh, from Thomas Van Buell. He said, "Are you going to be doing an ICO?" What is that? Like a, an initial coin offering, you know, like like a cryptocurrency, I gotcha. yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly where I was going with this, though, because if you're talking yeah. about that kind of cash out feature, um, allowing other users like an angel investor to float their tokens towards a specific <clears throat> project, mm. uh, you could actually have I mean, you could have a stock market in Rec Room equivalently once you've got your own economy flowing. So, I mean, you've got that already, even if it's not got its defined boundaries. But I really think that it's very exciting where you're headed with Rec Room. For me yeah. too, man. I think, yeah, the next few months to a year is going to blow a lot of people's minds. They're going to be like, oh my God, I never thought of Rec Room like that. Like it changes everything once you get to a certain level. Yeah. Nice. We had a question, by the way, coming from uh, Diego VR, uh, asking if you were planning on going to Xbox and Switch. Uh, we will be on more platforms in the future. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, that's very good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions All from right. the chat? And then we'll uh, we'll move on to releases. I, th- I think it's good to be moving on to releases. Okay, cool. Uh, no, I really appreciate I it. Anything else you want to add to that, uh, Sean, before we move on? Anything else you want to share or anything else you want to say? Um, I will say that we'll probably be doing more like outreach to creators and trying to spread the word of, you know, Rec Room does have this huge like creation opportunity or all these things outside of paintball. Like that's a narrative we want to get out there is like, um, yeah, Rec Room isn't just paintball. It's also this huge suite of, yeah, rooms and experiences that people have created. So I would say if anyone's interested in me <laughs> ranting at you about that, whether you have another <laughs> podcast or you want to write an article, reach out to me. I'm just Sean. I changed my Twitter username right before this it's at sean rec room at s-h-a-w-n-r-e-c-r-o-o-m so hit me in dms i was like listen that's how they're gonna know let's make this easy on people so people um, have been calling you sean rec room for a while i'm always like are you sean rec room are you that rec room sean (laughs) rec room Um, sean (laughs) i was like listen it's gonna be easy because they're gonna punch in at sean and then it's gonna say rec room they're like it's definitely that one are you are you rec sean room so Who's you've that? already you've already got like an army of people signing up to uh, be full time content creators in Rec Room. They all yes. want a career as a Rec Room Do builder. It. So uh, I think you got the people excited about that. I would honestly say start doing it now, and then as you see more of these tools and more of the things I alluded to coming up, like you'll be in a very good position. Um, so 
Well, yes. I'm, I'm not joking on this. I, I am going to create things because I've been trying to, but I didn't know about these classes that you advertised earlier. What are you going to yeah. have? Melons? You just heard about the money, Zim. Come on, like, you well, heard the well, money, well, the tokens. That's I'm what jealous because Zim's got, like, what, three kids now? So he can, like, get them through the classes while they're not at school. Testers. Get, get oh. them churning out content. Yeah. They could be making you millionaires, uh, yeah. you know, you before you know it. Little creative minds. Little, little <laughs> rec room kid sweatshop going on. Yeah, you have, like, a, you, imagine you have, like, a counter in rec room. We have, like, three hats that just stick above the counter. <laughs> And then there's Zim, like, oh, just tell these customers to buy some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Go awesome. ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say it's recroom.com slash creative for people that are like, oh, this sounds compelling. I want to learn how to build. That's the classes. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a big link there for video tutorials. So if you're like, hey, I don't have the time to dedicate to a, you know, showing up once a week for a class, there's a, yeah, click the video tutorials link. And we've got like 20 videos that'll show you here's how to build a book here's how to build a pvp room here's how to start using circuits so the, the video tutorials can really guide you through it as well if you're not a like class person but i think most people learn better socially like how, amongst friends and stuff how, like that. how, how to become a vr developer for dummies yeah huh? One question off of that, uh, it, because someone said I should create fingerless gloves in Rec Room. If you wanted to create assets, as in, um, yeah. you mentioned a poster, is it possible for people? I, I didn't think it's it's not possible for people to customize clothing, or do you have like a small yeah. circle of creators who actually do? Yeah, so we do have something called the costume dummy. So you place a dummy down, and the dummy is roughly the shape of a rec room avatar like it's the base avatar and then you can design clothing on top of it so people have made very detailed like you know shirts dresses like a full 80s get up a full 90s like whatever theme you want like people are basically building their own avatar items right now the the limitation right now is you can only wear it in the room where the dummy is placed but eventually i think you'll probably see that system start to move more towards inventions where, you know, you can purchase them from players and maybe eventually once they're approved, you can wear them in every room. I don't know. This is speculation on my part. There's a different team that works on that, but there is a precedent for starting to design your own avatar items and it's called the mm -hmm. costume dummy. So if you're interested in that, uh, look at the video tutorial for the costume dummy. And I, I also want to draw a distinction here between when people, I think a lot of people think of experience development or game development as it can be kind of boring and tedious. And like, especially when you're in Unity, right? You're like in your apartment alone working on this thing and it can kind of be soul crushing when you hit a bug or whatever. That's really the benefit of Rec Room where you're building with your friends. So like you're in there for five, six hours on a weekend building something, but you were chatting the whole time. You were goofing off. You went to play paintball and then you came back and started again. And there's, you can have 40 people in a room all with their maker pin out, all building a different part of this castle together while one guy's rigging up the circuits for the like siege engines and like all this stuff. So you can have all these people working at once chatting, like someone can turn some music on, put it through their mic. Like it's social building is very different than yeah unity or the way even roblox does it which is you have to download a client onto your machine the way vr chat does it which is you're also building it in unity and uploading it like rec room's unique in that we yeah that social building thing is really just like it's so key to getting good experiences and having people in real time like, oh, I see what you did there. Let me add to it. Oh, let me actually, I see the way you did those circuits. We can actually make it better. Like you're not getting that when you're alone in Unity. Um, <laughs> so 
it, it's a huge like advantage that rec room has i would say awesome awesome no it's been awesome uh, and it's been a real insight into uh a bit behind the scenes behind sort of what goes on at rec room and everything else so i really appreciate you uh taking some time out to join us on the show um i sure. think the chat i've really enjoyed it as well so thank you very much for that so let's Definitely. um now pass it over to zim for some uh releases to look forward to i have no idea what's going on next week so i'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing uh hearing about that too there's a there's a couple there's a couple of things coming out actually one or two that uh surprised even me so i will uh i've got three things to to show you and a little bit of a tidbit at the end there first one is from our friends felix and paul um i, I remember last with felix and paul going to the circus well uh, <laughs> they're at it again this time we're going to space uh so this is a, a relaunch for rift it's free, but it has two DLC episodes uh, that are $3 a piece or two, £2.50. Um, and this launched on the 4th of September, so just yesterday. Uh, this was out on Go previously, and essentially Space Explorers, the name of, of this title, which actually has a roadmap leading out to 2022 for content releases, mm -hmm. um, is a cinematic VR experience about the new age of space exploration. And it really touches on the point that space is really our last option. Um, they talk about it in the trailer that they're um, that we you know once we once we kind of expend uh, planet Earth or end up end up uh, in, in a bad loop as humanity, we really need to get off this rock uh, and go somewhere else. And so they they explore really the dynamics of that, the camaraderie of uh, different space agencies. And discover the latest advancements and plans for deep space exploration. It's narrated. I highly disagree with that. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I do like. I, I don't think that uh, that uh, the, the narrative of like if we if we screw space up, uh, we can always go to a different planet, uh, and we need to we need to explore it. I don't believe in that at all. If you if you look like, like Carl Sagan has said it very beautifully, a pale blue dot in an empty vastness of space. Uh, I think that is like the, the thing uh, about, this. although I do like the Felix and Paul experiences a lot. So uh, creating awareness is always good. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you're saying this this came to the Oculus Rift or this has been relaunched? Yeah, relaunched yeah, on because, Oculus Rift. Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the link now for my old video linking to it. It's a, it says unpublished app NASA. <laughs> yeah, so it was meant. It was originally meant to be launched on the Go and the Rift in 2018. Mm. It only landed on the Go, and then it is coming to Rift now. It's a really odd timing for something that is a Rift exclusive uh, coming out. But we've seen other Rift, uh, other um, Felix and Paul uh, experiences. They're generally of high quality. And they're interesting subject matter. Mm. So uh, even though, let's say, the the content itself may have aged a couple of years, I think the subject matter is still relevant and yeah. interesting. Uh, it is narrated by Brie Lawson. So I think that's, or Brie Larson, sorry. And I think that, you know, her voice kind of as narrator over these experiences oh. is interesting. Wait, At it's... the moment, there are two pieces, but there's another plan for, I think, another four. There's a new dawn and taking flight, both which tap different components of space exploration well they, they did shoot the whole crew dragon uh, launch too and and also <laughs> the landing of it so that that might oh. come uh, but i can totally recommend this this is amazing um and uh it, it looks great i think they make one of the best uh, 360s uh, out there and uh, they also yeah. have now created a hub on the oculus quest where they put all of the other 360s they made in one place so you can just go there and just jump from one to the other instead of having to search all over the store for different ones. So, yeah. 
Very good. So that's Space Explorers, uh, if you're looking for a little bit of something, uh, which was mm. actually a uh, collaborative effort with NASA. So there you go. That's nice. Space Explorers. Um, so that's for our riff, folks. Uh, next on to PCVR. So we've got a game that I think um, will ruffle some of Mike's feathers, if he's got any left. Um, so this is a, a kind of a, a clone of Firewall Zero Hour, which is one of our favorite PSVR games. It's a multiplayer four versus four tactical game, but for PC VR. So for $25, um, uh, sorry, not $25, for $15 or uh, 1139 in pounds, released on the 4th of September by Ignibit, uh, Zero Killed is a 4v4 tactical multiplayer shooter that mixes tactical gameplay, engaging PvP multiplayer, and a rich choice of equipments, gadgets, uh, and various characters that you can choose from. Again, reminds me explicitly of the perks that you have in Firewall Zero Hour. One aspect of this that stood out to me, which is not there in Firewall, is that you have the ability to destroy your surroundings. I don't know, unfortunately, to what level of detail that is. I suspect that certain barriers and breakable entry areas you can get through, but that's certainly something that Firewall doesn't have. So Zero Killed, if you're a PC FPS player, might be something that you want to look out for and play with your buddies. This this, this kind of fun. This name reminds me of of something that came out of Asia. This must this must be something <laughs> yeah. from Chinese I, developers. Name wise, I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like I've seen this before. I don't know why. What? Yeah, but. It, it was. I've I've what? I've actually played an early build of this maybe nine twelve months ago. That's, so that must be it, it yeah, is yeah, yeah. it is out of a uh, it is out of a, an Asian studio. If I if I if I'm not it's weird, way, right? So. Like I look at the logo, I look at the name, I'm like. This is this is this must be Chinese or something. It's got to be Chinese. I'm yeah. gonna wait for uh, Zim to try it, and then he oh, can tell oh. me if it's good or not. That's what yeah. you always do, right? Let Zim try the like same with the the Titanic one, you know, where he has to buy you know tips and tricks to move yep. through the game. And you just <laughs> wait him out. <laughs> People yeah. are still asking me to finish yeah, that the yacht the escape yeah, the yacht experience. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, I will finish that at some uh, stage. I'll probably twitch it. Uh, all right, the next one is interesting. So this one is, it's another re-release, something that's come over from PSVR to PCVR. It's called Demo, Demo Reborn. Any of you guys play this on PSVR? Demo? Demo. So uh, so this has come to this has come to Rift. Uh, again, the price is about 23 US dollars. Uh, it's 19.49 in pounds. Demo Reborn uh, launched on, again, the 4th of September for PCVR. Um, this is actually not only Rift, but it's available on Steam as well. So if you if you if you have um, Windows Mixed Reality headset, if you have a Vive, Cosmos, all that kind of stuff, you could play this. The real question is, if you could, this is a very eclectic game, very strange model, and I'm going to tell you what it's about. I mean, if you could mix up Moss and Beat Saber, would you? Right? Wait, what? What? So what you do in this game, which I find to be really interesting, it's got 60 song tracks. And you have to play the piano. On PSVR, you do this with the move controllers. Okay? So you've got these like streaming uh, notes that come down, descending, and you're playing that. Separate to that is an adventure game where you're playing uh, you're you're playing this this kind of character who's um, been trapped in and lived in a castle. And you can explore that castle for clues and tips and unlocks. And the interesting thing is both of these components of the game are interwoven. So if you explore the adventure, you can unlock stuff and, and progress on the music game. 
And on the music game, if you progress, you can unlock stuff in the adventure that's the story. So it's a really interesting wow. eclectic mix. I, I, when I first saw this, the only thing that I thought was, oh, this is great. Uh, another game with a fantastic title. It's called Demo, but there's no demo. I was waiting right? for someone to say that. But <laughs> that's, 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 a that's a horrible joke. But the game itself, Demo, uh, was originally a flat game, came to PSVR, and has now come to uh come to come to pc vr but psvr only like in japan because i've never seen this in it's, europe or the states i don't know I, I i don't know i agree with you i don't remember seeing it because and this I'm is pretty, pretty much all over this stuff. looks pretty lit though honestly uh, i think like from the art style what you can do is it a yeah. third person game so it's uh the yes that's why i mentioned moss so the yeah. exploration yeah. first person meets third person is that what you're yeah. saying yeah, so let me mm. um, let me maybe just talk a little bit about the game blurb to give you a little bit more detail around it because I was just hinging on the fact that it's this weird like dichotomy of these two very different games mm. in one. So they say, explore previously hidden nooks and crannies of the titular character Demo's castle and uncover more of the mystery through added story sequences. Follow the beat to more than 60 songs, including some of the more, most popular tracks from the original Demo, uh, which again, this is called Demo Reborn. Master each piano score to unlock new areas found in no other version. Uh, it says, see from the perspectives of Demo, accustomed to living in solitude within the walls of a beautiful yet lonely castle, and the little girl who falls from the sky into Demo's life with no memory of her past. Gracefully master each song to grow the tree sprouting from Demo's piano and help her go back. Uh, guide the little girl to find new sheet music and the answers to the riddle of how she arrived in this world. Wow. For some reason, I've got like Denny's voice resonating in my mind talking about like niches it's like this is like super niche this is like a piano it's game true. and like an rpg adventure in one yeah. crazy but, I mean, but it's japanese so that, japanese. that rule doesn't apply that's true that rule doesn't apply that's crazy <laughs> but it's so like i think if you bought the game you'd probably expect it to play like a moss or a, a chronos or something like it's got that kind of adventure style but watching some content from a couple of different youtubers on this to see what the game like played like like it is very much half a beat rhythm game with that piano side. And I'm really curious because people were talking very well about this uh, for the PSVR build. There were some Steam comments saying the current version is a little bit buggy, the one they just launched. Uh, so maybe give it a couple of weeks for the devs to iron that stuff out. But from the PSVR side uh, and just the general mechanics of the game, it just caught my eye and I thought you guys had to know about it. I don't know. It sounds like you're the only one who has ever talked about this game. It's like I, I haven't seen Road to VR post about it or upload. Uh, you're, we have a scoop. This is a scoop. This is our scoop uh, the show. Piano we'll meets to your video game. about it, Nathan, next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I'm going to give you a little bit more. Uh, again, a freebie that's coming to fans of Job Simulator. Uh, so Vacation Simulator and the devs uh, are passing out Vacation Simulator back to Job which was announced a couple of months ago, and it's landing free uh, for owners of Vacation Simulator on the September 10th. Okay, so that's coming for both PC VR and Oculus Quest, and PSVR owners have to wait until October to get the same DLC. So new stuff that you probably will want to play in your game. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, there is a little bit of other news. So if you haven't actually played Job Sim or Vacation Sim and you like the look of it, it's kind of a silly cartoony game. Uh, you can pretend like you're, you know, a human, but you're a robot 
Very bizarre. Uh, it was a big hit when, for instance, The Vibe first launched. Yeah. And then Vacation Sim really expands upon that universe. Uh, my kids in, will spend hours in this, no problem. Um, and there's a duo pack being landed for the quest. So if you can save 30% of the cost uh, through the 4th of September and the 11th of September, mm. if you want to get both games. Really, I really wonder what Alchemy Labs is going to come up with like next. I hope it's going to be something else. I think this is great what they made so far, but if they go a total different route, I would be down for that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like you need to, I mean, once you don't want to become just a one note, one note. Yeah, Vacation uh, Simulator was already kind of on the edge of like, can you do more of it or not? Uh, yeah. But um, they, they yeah, also we'll did see. Rick and Morty, right? True. Didn't they? Didn't they also do um, Ah for the Oculus way way back? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was that was, was amazing. I still really don't know why. I mean, no way would the QA at, at Oculus <laughs> green light it. But falling through, basically, all you have to do is you're falling from the sky, and you have to not hit stuff on the way down. Yeah. Um, Pretty I intense. still want that game back. Yeah. It was mobile very, it was very yeah. intense back Dude, then. there's quite a few rec room rooms that do that. That's wow. a thing. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. I, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Oh, there's Thank also a really good rec room Fall Guys room where it's like Fall oh, Guys courses. That. We've seen that. Yeah, we saw videos yeah. online of people Dude, playing that. They did yeah, a good hilarious. job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's your releases for this week. Quick recap. Space Explorers, Zero Killed, Demo Reborn and a little bit of extra free oh. DLC from the creators of Vacation Sim. Yeah, wow. Nice okay. one. There you go. Awesome, dude. Well, we'll wrap up the show there then. We've been going on. I, I tried to save it for under two hours, but I failed miserably, so sorry. Everyone out there that was hoping for a sub two hour show, but it is what it is. So I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Uh, just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. Also go and check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Hit the like button if you've enjoyed the show, and make sure you subscribe to the channel for all our future content. We'll be back on the show next week at the usual time with more VR news. So until then, have a great week in VR. Take care, and bye-bye for now.